and I think my phone cut out or laptop stopped working or something. Oh, but, no uh, worries. Yeah, go ahead anyway. Yeah, no worries. So we're to pick 16, right? With 16, the, uh... yeah, we'll just go on to 16. So Cardinals. Cool. So this is a tough pick. Um, again, similar to kind of where these, like the Vikings and the Chargers were at, it's a little bit of an awkward spot for them with their needs. I think they could go offensive line. Um, I think they could go corner, but mm-hmm. with at this stage, it, it would be a little bit of a reach. They just got rid of Patrick Peterson, so they really need help there. And they're obviously in win-now mode, so they need somebody that can help right away. I think defensive end to help with that pass rush would make a lot of sense as well. Um, so they're tough. I Personally, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a surprising pick here. I'm going to go with Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern. He, in my opinion, is a legitimate first-round talent at corner. I think after losing Patrick Peterson, you have to find a way to replace him. I know there's other needs on the team, especially if you're going to compete now, but I don't think you can actually compete now if you don't improve that secondary. And to me, Newsom's the Mm -hmm. best uh, CB left on the board. Great athlete. He's got short arms, but he – he plays well enough on tape that I think he can be that guy for you. So I'm going to take Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern here for the Arizona Cardinals at 16. Yeah. So where I ended with them, actually, I, I, I went edge and, and I, maybe some consider him. Uh, I, I think he's edge. Xavier Collins. Like, I think like, I, I just think they need another edge guy. They need to add to that defense. Like you said, obviously uh, like their secondary has some work to do too. letting go of, um, him but like I had them them but like yeah I think either way they go defense a couple other people I thought was in the corners range too but like I think that's honestly you know like maybe that's a reach to some but I honestly think that's a fair pick in terms of just the fact that Arizona they need defensive help and it's like yeah Smith is there but it's like you know do, do you really want to I don't know. Like I, I just think I think that's the right pick. I think that again, that's it's the right pick. Um, so the next pick we got the Raiders. Um, and this is a team that I think it's possible of anything, but I don't, I don't see Smith here again. I'm just gonna keep mentioning that because I, I just I, look rugs in the first round last year. Um, I, I just, I just think this team is another team that probably should go into the trenches um, in terms of either line or defense. I think they should go to the other side of the ball because there's still lack a ton of talent on that side of the ball. Uh, Now, almost every defensive player in this class, I kind of look at with kind of like a side eye at this point, because (laughs) I'm just like, kind of like, I don't know, like, you know, like, uh, and it, but so I ended up going, um, line. I, I I went line here because, and I'm staying SEC because that's all Gruden and and Mayock pick, and I'm going Alex Leatherwood. Oh, let's go from, from Bama. I just think they 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 go trenches and they but they stick to their core in the in the Power Five conferences. Yeah, I love that pick. I know some people aren't as high on Leatherwood as others. I I personally like him a lot. Uh, elite level athlete for his size and also with that and it's a it's a point i forgot i meant to bring it up sooner but with him is he's a former monster recruit yes and and gruden 
and Mayock, you know they love that. I just, <laughs> I, you just know. It. Yeah, <laughs> like, and after and after they got rid of like everybody on their offensive line, like they kind of have to take O line here, right? So I, I think yeah. so, and I think I think they'll get tempted. Maybe those kind of one of those potentials on defense, or maybe even Smith. Who knows with these guys? But like, uh, I think Leatherwood is the correct pick, and if they made it, I'd I'd, I'd be proud of them. I'd be, I'd be proud of the Raiders, Cruden. That would be such a Raiders pick. Like I, cause it, it would be a reach. I think according to consensus, I think most people think he's like a second round pick, but like, that's such a, it's such a good fit for what the Raiders look for and want. Like I, I'm with you. I, I love that. I love that pick for them. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, and I just, that, that five star, it was really like the one thing was like, yes, Raiders. Cause it's like, that's, I swear, like <laughs> that's what they do. But uh, yeah, golf is exactly. second pick in the first round there as they just, They've had, I mean, Dolphins set up well. Yeah, so I this is where I'm, I am going to take the Heisman winner, Devonta Smith. So I, I, I still love Devonta Smith. I know he weighed in at like 166, but I honestly just don't care. He plays way bigger and stronger on tape. He's never had injury problems. He had one injury, which was a hand injury, which is a freak thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a huge fan of the kid. I think with him being there at Alabama with all those great, great wide receivers, you could argue that he was the best one out of all of them from a talent perspective. And so I, I think getting him here at 18 is a home run. I think he was a guy that potentially they could have considered all the way up at six. I, I just think he's that good. I, I don't think you can go wrong adding more weapons around Tua. So getting a Kyle Pitts and then a Devonta Smith here in the first round, I mean, I don't know how much better that they could do. And that's really kind of like the one big area on their team that they really needed to improve on was their, the weapons around Tua. So I think this is a, a, a grand slam home run pick. And you know what? If he doesn't work out, that's fine. Like, I, I just think at this stage, taking that opportunity to take such a talented wide receiver as Smith makes a ton of sense. So I, I'm going to take Devonta Smith here at 18. Hey, I, I think – I don't think him falling it's this is weird but I don't think it's like a slight on him in Armok anyway. I think that his he's kind of getting disrespected a little but I think Armok honestly the board kind of just fell where like those in that range teams like teams do they just kind of pick by need sometimes and sometimes they just don't need a receiver you know. Like I think me too like in the sense that I'm like really high on Smith still in the sense that I think he's a really good player. Like I don't see why his, he shouldn't be able to succeed in the league. Um, he's obviously a monster talent. What he did in college speaks for itself. Um, but it just kind of fell that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's it's a, it's such a deep class at wide receiver. I think a lot of teams will justify passing on some of these guys, like especially like a Smith, because they can probably just tell themselves, "Oh, we'll get somebody in round two, three, four, or five. Like it's just that mm-hmm. deep of a class. And then as well, I you know like. The, the NFL has shown that they're willing to let top-tier wide receiver talent slide in the draft. I mean, like, look at C.D. Lamb. Like, C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, sure. was like a, yeah. a Jamar Chase-level talent, and he slid really far last year. So I don't see yeah. – if like, if a C.D. Lamb can slide that far, I don't see why a Devonta Smith could, could not slide this far. I, I actually think he probably will slide to about this range of the draft on draft night. So, but yeah. But he's great. I love him. I'm a huge, huge Devonta Smith fan, so – yeah, uh, so I think I think that I think we're both in kind of a agreement there. I think that's a good pick for them. I mean, if if Miami walks away with 
those two guys on draft night. I mean, are you like, wow? <laughs> like, yeah. like you'd be, that's you'd, really you'd have to be happy. Yeah. yeah. Like that's really the whole, like a really just one of the, but, but uh, we'll move on to the football team. Yes. There's still a team called the football team, uh, but Washington football team sitting here at 19 made the playoffs last year in the NFC East. Okay, man. Like this is one I'm not even gonna lie. I was lost for a while. Like I was like, what are <laughs> what are they gonna do? I look at them on the defensive side of the ball, and I really think they're pretty solid. Obviously, the young pick last year. I don't really think they're gonna double dip with the edge. Um, I think they could add defense still, though. I mean, I was looking at some of these linebackers. I thought maybe one of them. Um, I wanted to almost reach for like, like a corner but then it's like they had some of their corners play well their defense is pretty good and a guy that i liked honestly was uh that the jenkins tackle too from okie state but for them but uh, washington man i think they're honestly a trade down candidate because i kind of like washington <laughs> like <laughs> with the quarterbacks being gone it's just like i don't really know like am i am i am i being crazy here like no i, I like them like, yeah, I mean, I, what they need. I, I like them quite a bit. I think they could go offensive tackle. I think that's a need. They're they're kind of like, honestly, my dream, like, other than the Patriots, they're my dream Micah Parsons landing spot. Because I, mm. I know that defense is already loaded, but adding a talent like Parsons to that defense, a linebacker would be, like, just so much fun in, like, the most ridiculous way. Like, that would be, like, Ravens, like, old-school Ravens-level caliber kind of crazy talented defense. Um, but I actually think if I if I was in this position and the board kind of fell this way, I personally would consider some of the wide receivers on the board because I think you need to get Terry McLaurin a running mate um, to give, especially with their quarterback situation. I think they need to improve the weapons there. So I would I would probably consider either an offensive tackle to try and keep the quarterback protected, or I would or I'd look at one of these wide receivers to try and get yourself another weapon. So I'm glad you said that because who I honestly had him had mocked to him is Elijah Moore. <laughs> I I honestly had the, him them taking him because I just like I looked at their defense and I like their defense. Like I really think that's really a solid unit. And I look at their running back. I like their young running back. They're they're clearly out of the quarterback range. They're not they're not going to get a QB here. Um, I almost went uh, Jeremiah, and I'm not even going to try and pronounse the, the Notre Dame linebacker. Awusa uh, Koromoa, yeah. Yeah, Koromoa, yeah, Koromoa. Um, but you know what? I'll get spicy, and I'll say Elijah Moore, who I he's I love him. I really do. Like, I mean, there's a lot some mocks I see to the Packers. I think that'd be great, but I mean, yeah. I'm not – never will happen. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's got he kind of has some he's got some things about him that would come to like a Tyler Lockett type of a player. Um, he's really talented. Uh, he produced like crazy at a young age in college. A little bit smaller, but just really tough kid. Great uh, yak player. Great hands. You could even use him as a running back if you wanted to. He kind of did that at times in, in, at the college level. Um, super hard worker. I've actually I actually heard someone kind of mention like there's some like Antonio Brown type vibes with him. And I, I don't think he's that level of a talent, but I also don't think it's crazy to say that with how he plays and just kind of him, his personality. So I think giving him 
uh, in there with Terry McLaurin would be a ton of fun. Um, so I, I like that pick quite a bit. There we go, man. I was, I was really unsure. We had to talk out the receiver thing. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll move on to 20 now uh, with the Chicago Bears and the floor is yours. Another team that I'm sure would love to trade up and to get a QB. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. Obviously they're in like win now mode. If they don't, they're all going to get fired there. They need a quarterback <laughs> more than anything. This is a really unfortunate situation for them because if they wanted a quarterback, they're going to have to take a major, major reach here. So I don't think that's what they're going to do, but I think what they do need, they need, I think, I think they're weirdly kind of still set at wide receiver. Um, I don't think, I know that's like a popular pick there for them, but I don't, I don't know. I just think they're, I think they're set there well enough. I think what would be more important is to try and protect their quarterback <laughs> situation there, whatever ends up happening there. But uh, I think you've got to find a way to keep the quarterback upright. If you want to have a chance of any quarterback surviving there, you, whether it's who they have on the roster now or whether they draft somebody later in the draft. So I'm going to take the highest player on my board left here and the best offensive uh, tackle player available on the board, which is Christian Derisaw from Virginia tech. He reminds me a lot of the Falcons left tackle, Jake Matthews, who's just been a metronome, really high level left tackle borderline pro bowler every year. Um, He's got, he's got some finishing concerns. Derisaw does. He doesn't always play super tough, but, just freaky level tools. And I think adding him there, especially with trying to help that offense, I think you could do worse than adding a, a talent like Darisaw to that offensive line. So he'd be my pick there for the bears at, at pick 20. Yeah. I mean, like it's it, so receiver. Yeah. Like you said, is another kind of thing, but I think you're right. Like I think the bears definitely would agree with you in terms of like, I think they like their receivers like, and I don't think they – I think their receivers, honestly, as a fan of their division rival, are a little better than they're being shown, uh, if I'm yeah. being honest. Like, they, they're getting – like, they can't – like, Anthony Miller can get open. Like, he can get open. And, like, they have some decent pieces there, so I like the line pick there. 21st, um, look, I, it, Colts, another team I really like, but ultimately <sighs> – I, I I think I think this goes back to defense. I think as good as their defense was last year, I think they add to this unit again. I think they they go onto that side of the ball, and I think that they go defense again. And I actually mocked them another guy's. I need to stop doing this, but I, I mocked them another guy's name that you're gonna have to help me with. But uh, Aziz, Aziz Ojulari. Yeah, I, I so I think if you match him, I've watched some of his tape to just today. Because I was like, okay, how do I pronounce this? Um, all right, Colts. And if you put him with Buckner and uh, Darius Leonard with, inside that Colts defense, I mean, you're just setting like the next 10 years. I know that's not really how football works or even sports, but like, man, I just, that would be a great dominant edge force to go along with those pieces, man. I just really think he could be unlocked in that defense. And his athletic ability, I I like it in that in that system. I, I so I, I went uh, him there to Indianapolis. Yeah, Aziz Ojulari, I'm a big fan of his. He he plays kind of that stand up outside linebacker role, arguably the highest ceiling of any pass rusher in this draft class. He's got a, a previous knee injury, which may cause him to fall this far. Some people think the Giants may even take him all the way up at number eleven uh, with how talented he is, but. Maybe that medical stuff drops him down the board a bit, but I agree. I think he'd be awesome there. 
he fits a need. He's their kind of player. Um, I was actually hoping he would be there for my my Titans here at 22. So you keep stealing all my guys, but uh, no, I like that pick for the Colts quite a bit. And he's a Georgia kid, um, so you know, shout out to Georgia for for putting that guy out there. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Like he 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 really is. Like I mean, he he's just like I just see him with other great defensive players. Like his talent, he could really put up some. Like so, I'm talking. He could put up big sack, sack numbers in year one in an Indianapolis type defense. I'm actually pretty high on him too. Uh, but t- Tennessee for you, um, your Titans. Ha- like, are you are you converting to the Titans in the AFC? Is my first yeah. question. Well, let me just tell you, I'm like all the way out on the Titans for this upcoming year. Um, I I'm like selling all my Titans stock. I was really high on them the last couple of years, but I'm like all the way out on them now. They lost. They lost Arthur Smith to my Falcons. Uh, they lost. Um, they lost Corey Davis, the incomparable Corey Davis in free agency. <laughs> and then, like their defense is com- like their defense was bad, right? But like it's completely fallen apart this off season, which is not great. So I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like Derrick Henry is going to regress. I feel like they didn't really replace their offensive play caller with anybody that you can get excited with. And that was kind of a strength of theirs through this whole thing. So I'm really, I'm really worried about my, my poor Titans uh, over there. They also lost Johnny Smith. So like, they've just, they've just lost a lot of pieces and they have a lot of holes they got to fill, which is tough for them. But, uh, and also but, the Titans, their, their theory of my, the, the, well, it's not even my theory. I should never, I should not take credit for that, but just the theory I definitely subscribe to of the, regression candidates where their close score game record is off the charts so the regression monster might be rearing its ugly head in tennessee next year yeah i i hundred (laughs) percent i hundred percent think that's gonna happen so i'm glad we're on the same page there so um but this is tough man so i really liked ojulari there as a fit there's still some other edge guys that i can see them looking at but they did add uh bud dupree there this off season Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like a huge need. Their secondary is a total mess, which is also tough because like, so Caleb Farley's on the board, who's a really high end level talent, but he's got the back injury history, which is really scary. But the Titans have shown that they aren't afraid of taking a guy with injury history. They did that with Jeffrey Simmons a few, a couple of years ago, and he's turned out to be a tremendous pick for them. So I just, I don't know. I think the value here at that, at this position in the draft with a guy like Farley with their history of taking gambles on injury uh, injured players and just the need they have their cornerback. I think you have to take Caleb Farley at this, this spot. It wouldn't shock me if he fell all the way out of the first round with his medicals, but I'm just, I just think there's not really any other pick that jumps out at me at this position other than these edge Mm -hmm. guys. And I think they're good enough there. So I'll take Caleb Farley, the corner from Virginia tech. You just got me back because that was actually my next pick for uh, Pittsburgh. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so, Bud Dupree, quickly. I just want to get this on record. Like, I, I, like in Tennessee, I'm not so sure I like that deal for them. That's another just not to pile on the Titans, but uh, like, yeah, it's rough. See man. Bud Dupree as an individual rusher coming off an ACL injury. Like, I get why they did it. Like, I get the deal. Like, I think he's talented ever since he's coming out of Kentucky. I remember liking him, but I that was – I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's going to produce in the way they need him to. So, I think you – know, You know what that deal reminded me of? It gave me PTSD flashbacks to the Dante Fowler signing for the Falcons. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good comparison. Like, and 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 it's just like Fowler is just like that, where he's talented enough. Where if you have other great rushers around him, like Dupree had with Watt and Hayward and Tuitt and all those guys on that Pittsburgh defensive line, like, yeah, you're gonna get win a lot of those one on one just because of your pure ability. But like in terms of Tennessee, when you're the only rusher there. I guess I'm just kind of in wait and see mode. I think that defense could be bad next year. It was like not that good this year. <laughs> like, and it, yeah. yeah. So, like, Tennessee, like, sorry. Uh, but uh, so 24, Pittsburgh Steelers. 23. 23 for oh, the Jets. Jets. Oh, Jets. You're 24. Yeah. Jets. So you still, yes, you stole my pick. You stole my pick <laughs> after I stole your pick with the Jets with 23. Um, and then you also stole my backup and knew some earlier in the draft. So you took both my corners off the board. Good. So I'm, I'm kind of scrambling here. You got, I like both those guys. I like both those picks that you, you dished out. Um, I'm going to go with the safety that a, a lot of mocks actually have a little higher. Um, but I'm going Trevin Morig from, from TCU, the safety. I'm going to say the jets stay in the secondary. They pick him. This is, this guy's pretty good. Like I, I think, I think he can play corner. Like I like you just look at, I'm just looking at the mock site and I think it has him as safety, but I think he can play corner. Like I, I don't see why he couldn't at least play in the slot. Um and the Jets need secondary help. Um the way Sala likes to play just in San Francisco, those slot corners definitely important. Um I almost reached here and gave my guy Lauren, uh not Lawrence, Wilson a weapon. Um, but I didn't. I'm I'm taking him, and I'm 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 gonna stick to it. Yeah, Trayvon Lodrick. He's he, like you said, he's a really solid player. I'm a little bit lower on him. I have a second round grade on him as my third safety, but he's he's just really solid. Like super high floor. I don't I don't know about his ceiling, but like I don't think you'll be upset with that pick. Um, I think he's a plug and play starter, which is great at this stage of the draft, and they they need to get working on that defense, especially with their coach being a defensive guy. So I think he's a good guy to kind of anchor things on the back end. So I like that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, Steelers at 24. So I, this is funny. So Steelers, the most common mock draft pick at this position is a running back. And I frankly just do not understand that because that team has so many other bigger problems than running back. And, uh, I just – I don't know. I just have a really hard time seeing them draft a running back when they just they just have so many other problems. I think I think they would love to get an offensive lineman here. That's really what they – that's really what they need the most. Um, it's a little bit tough because at this stage, I think you're probably reaching a little bit on some guys. There's still, there's still one guy in particular that I'm pretty high on that I think I'm going to pick here. But I, I just have to say, I, I just do not believe that they're going to take a running back. I know Najee Harris is really talented and they need a running back, but I just, I don't know how you pick a running back at this stage when you have big Ben on that roster and you have the offensive line that you have, the running back's not going to help your offensive line. It's not going to help big Ben. And the only way you can try and make it work this next season is if you can protect big Ben. So I think you have to go offensive line here. So I'm actually going to go with uh, Liam Eichenberg the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. I'm higher on him than consensus. Uh, just another really super solid offensive tackle. I think he's a guy that fits the Steelers mold. He's a no mess around type of a player, just super, super solid across the board. And again, I, I think you have to 
build that offensive line or you're going to be in a huge trouble this next year. So uh, another team I could see wanting a quarterback, but again, just not the right time to go there. So I'm going to have him take Eichenberg from Notre Dame. Eichenberg, Eichenberg feels like to me a guy that's picked and everyone's like, oh, that's a little bit of a reach. And then he plays for a long time and it's the Steelers that pick him. Um, yeah, but like he'll have like a ten-year career as a starting left tackle or right tackle, and he'll be great. Like he's just super, super solid. So, yeah, totally agree. And like Najee, it's like I think honestly, I kind of like to see him in Pittsburgh just as like a neutral observer, because um, like it's like I get it. Like I, I'm not a, ever pick a running back in the first round person at this point. Like I just don't think it really makes a lot of sense, like value wise. Um, that kind of I think speaks for itself at this point. A lot of people kind of subscribe to that type of thinking. Uh, But with Pittsburgh, I mean, you just watch their games and it's like, okay, here goes Snell into the line for one yard. Like here goes James (laughs) Conner for like the hardest three yard run you'll ever see. And it's like, we can't see that again while Ben is like limping to the finish line here, you know, like we got to at least make one more run. So I think like the win now is obviously pick Najee who we saw do all this, great things in college uh but i i i could see pittsburgh who's kind of a smarter team uh going in that direction for sure um another team with a second first round pick who we have a lot this year honestly well a handful jags um they pick obviously lawrence one now they're sitting here at 25 um as i was saying earlier i really like where this team is offensively at least weapons wise but to me this is a perfect time um, to just go offensive line again, honestly. Like, I, I just think, you know, me and you have been living in the trenches. We understand where the games are won, obviously, uh, in this first round. Like, but I think Jacksonville, this is the perfect time to just get your tackle for the future, too. You just got your quarterback for the first time ever. Like, protect him. Um, they need help everywhere on defense. Don't get me wrong. But I think you got to bolster the offensive line, and if the if the line kind of pops next year, I think you could see Jacksonville as a pretty good offense. Uh, but long story short, I'm going with Jackson Carmen. I'm I'm picking Lawrence's teammate. I think, I think, I think he's a good player. Like I mean, I I, I trust the Power Five offensive linemen more than I do non Power Five offensive linemen because they're seeing. I mean, obviously, they're seeing more pro-level players, but the line is so far. You listen to people that – don't listen to me. Listen to people that actually know the game. Like, they talk, and it's like line is the furthest gap from college to pro. It's the biggest gap from college to pro. So I think the closer you are to that, um, I I, kind of lean to learn more if you're going to play fast, um, which a lot of these guys do. So I'm ultimately going there. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm significantly lower on him, so that would be a shocker of a pick. But okay, really I, interesting. Yeah, but I, I like I like the thinking, so I, I see where you're going with that. I just to me the player there's there's honestly probably about five or six other offensive tackles I would take instead of him. But really? I, I so like what, the thinking. What, you, what are you down on him? And I, uh, I may just be missing it, honestly. No, I, I honestly, to me, I think obviously the character to, stuff I think is there, but yeah, I, I think he's gonna have to transition to guard. I just don't think he's got the feet or the length and the hands to make it work at tackle. Really, um, I, I think he's. I, I thought he was pretty athletic. I mean, he's he's sitting at around three fifty, right? 
But like he, I think he's decently athletic. Like I, I think he could be a left tackle in the pros. Yeah, I, I think he, I don't know, I, I think he's really raw, and uh, I, I, I don't think he's as good of an athlete as you do, probably. Um, mm-hmm. So someone like a Samuel Cosme or even our boy Brady Christensen from BYU, I'm pretty high go. on him. I know he's got really, like really short arms for a tackle, but he also is just like really great at playing tackle. And if he's not, it, it, the thing I love about Christensen is if he doesn't work out at tackle, he's going to be like an elite level guard. So for sure. I would prefer, and he's just a freaky athlete as well. So I'd prefer like guys like that um, that are more toolsy than than Carmen is. I I just think Carmen is stiff, really raw. Um, I think he's got a ways to go, but but I do like your thinking there and taking an offensive tackle. I I agree with that. Um, so that that would be a surprise to me. But you know we have surprises like that every year in the draft. So you know maybe maybe it's not going to be such a surprise to people in the know. But yeah, and we've had we've I mean we've been in a lot of agreement. So hey, we're we're switching it up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what people are tuned into. If they yeah. you're still listening at this point into the pod, I, I first of all I sincerely appreciate your dedication to low expectations, um, and also <laughs> like you just got the deep dive on you know Jackson Carmen. So that's what yeah. that's what you get on this this podcast. So exactly, but yeah, I have him. I have him ranked as a fourth round uh, guard. So I'm I'm like way really? lower on him. Wow, yeah. wow. But, but that's so all right. We're, that's we're good. Complete opposite scales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I like it though. So okay, so Browns at twenty six. So this is a super fun pick, especially with all the players on the board for them right now. Um. Honestly, like my favorite pick for them is Jalen Phillips, the edge from Miami, who I think is the best uh, defensive end player in his draft. However, he's just got horrendous red flags with his health. And uh, I, I, I know there's some like personality concerns there as, as well. But he, if you don't know, he actually already medically retired from football once already because um, of concussions. So I think the risk there is just immense. He's also had lower leg injuries and stuff like that, but he's, Super talented. Honestly, has some of like the Bosa brothers type uh, ability to him as a defensive end. So I think putting him with Clowney and Miles Garrett would just be like comically unfair if he ended up uh-huh. working out. So maybe yeah. that's worth it to a team like the Browns. But I'm actually going to go a different direction here. I'm going to go Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama. Same kind of thinking, uh, building that defensive lineup even more, trying to really solidify that for what I think is going to be a really strong push for the playoffs and even potentially the Super Bowl this year. I think shoring up that interior defensive line now that you have Clowney and Garrett on the edges, I think that would be a great pick. I also think uh, a linebacker like Awusa Koromoa or even Jameen Davis would be a really good pick here as well. But Barmore's got the upside. He's a big dude on the middle that can help plug it up. And they've had some losses on their interior defensive line this offseason, so I think he would make a lot of sense to kind of fit a need there. But uh, – I'll pass it off to you at the Ravens with their first of two uh, first round picks here at 27. All right. So the Baltimore, um, and I guess I'll just say this quickly. I guess everyone's having their yearly Lamar Jackson conversation. I can see. Um, I'm glad we're still doing that in year <laughs> four, I think, of his career. Uh, won an MVP. Uh, let me remind people. Um Michael Vick 2.0. <laughs> hey, you came on this podcast and said that I think not that long ago. 
So I it was it was just before his MVP started. I said I really think that this guy can be Michael Vick 2.0, and then he went out and won the MVP, and I it made me look really smart. So. <laughs> Yeah, like and and I like that, but that Barmar pick, honestly, I eyed him down for this Baltimore team too. Uh, whatever pick Baltimore makes, like I'm gonna trust them. They they really, like honestly, they have hit on picks for a while now. They're a really good team. I, uh, in terms of drafting team, and they've been a really good team for a while now. But I see them going edge here. I, I think you know they lost in Gawkway. They lost Judon. I think this is just kind of like a natural selection where they just go, okay, who's kind of the best or maybe on their board, top guard, I mean, not guard, uh, defensive end available. Uh, The Jalen Phillips thing, I mean, I think that's kind of the ceiling pick that everyone kind of wants to throw out there where it's like, yeah, like if, if, (laughs) if everything works out, you know, but it's just kind of hard to pull the final trigger there. Um, So ultimately, what why not i'll just do it i'll just say i'll just say they picked jalen phillips i think baltimore i think if if anyone's gonna do it right why why not a, a team and a franchise like like baltimore that if like if they if if it doesn't work out like it's in a weird way like it's okay for them in terms of you know what i mean um they're picking at the bottom of the draft but why not we'll just we'll just go ahead and do it yeah, no, I, I love that. And they have another first-round pick. So, like, they, they can afford to kind of take a swing on a guy with the ceiling of Phillips because um, they can still get another really good player here in a couple picks. So, I I really like them. Like you said, they they have that need. So, so I'm on the clock with the Saints, my 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 lovely, lovely Saints Your that I just team. love so much. Yeah. Um, there's actually a guy here that I would just be sick to my stomach if they drafted. And I think there's a real possibility that they would draft him. I'm not even going to say who it is because I don't even want to put it out into the world. <laughs> um, <You> but can... <laughs> I, <laughs> there's actually there's actually two guys that I'm not going to pick either of them because screw the Saints. But but I am gonna I am gonna pick a player that I do legitimately Kyle think. That, uh, yeah, maybe I sh- I really probably should. But uh, I <laughs> I I'm gonna pick somebody for him that I legitimately think is a really good player. I, I think people are too low on him. I, I am legitimately higher on him. I have a solid first round grade on it fits a need at corner, especially with the situation that they have going on there with Marshall Lattimore. I'm going to take Eric Stokes, the corner out of Georgia. I really, really love Eric Stokes. He's actually one of my favorite targets for the Falcons at the top of the second round. Uh, but he's a bigger, longer, super athletic corner on the outside. He has really great ball production, um, really good at getting interceptions. He's just – I don't know. He reminds me a lot of A.J. Terrell, who had a really good, mm-hmm. strong rookie season for the Falcons. And I know the Saints were high on him as well last year. So, I can definitely see them. Uh, and, again, like I mentioned, with the Lattimore situation going corner. Um, so, I'm going to take Eric Stokes at corner out of Georgia for the lovely, lovely Saints at 28. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and, hey, the, the – they got they they when the, when the Saints pick a corner, it's it's is usually like a dog, dude. Like that, like and yeah. then that kind of fits that Georgia corner type swagger. So I think that actually, in a weird way, is like a good fit for them. Yeah, um, Stokes is good, man. He's really yeah. really good, and I, especially in that division. Like just that that division with all the wide receivers is just stupid. Like you have to have secondary players to guard those guys. So. I don't know. He makes he he makes a lot of sense. I would I would hate to see him go there because I really like him a lot. But he he makes a lot of sense for them. So, 
Yeah, I think that's honestly a good pick for them. Um, all right. Well, I guess it's time. 29. You, you better up. pick this guy. You better pick the guy I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a guy I think anyone who knows me uh, – I mean, first of all, if Elijah Moore, who I, the name that keeps popping up, if he could somehow fall, please, please, please. But also a person that I would really, really love. And I can't, I can't shy away from where I stand. I want a receiver on this team so yes, badly. It do it. <laughs> um, so like, personally, I would take a receiver. Is Green Bay going to take a receiver? I mean, I would be blown away, shocked. I mean, blown away, shocked. Like, um only because no rationale no insight none of that like what we've been talking the rest of this pod only that they won't do it because they hate me mark they won't do it they (laughs) they won't they won't do it (laughs) they will i don't know i think this might be the year i think this might be the year i feel i have a good mojo feeling about this so you never know (laughs) all right man Rashad Bateman, come on down. You're you're part of the team now (laughs) like in this hypothetical world like um you know maybe in some eyes a reach like not in mine like he's my receiver that i'm just kind of marking my flag in that i really like uh i know you've been there too you you think he's a stud you you know i'll I'll turn it over to you here in a second but i just think look man picking a receiver makes plenty of sense for this team i don't need to get into the reasons why i can if you want uh but at where we are in this pod i i won't do it just for the listener's sake but fit their player stud i i just i would love the pick uh they won't do it though yeah i i love rashad bateman this would be a home run pick absolutely love the fit my comp for him funny enough is stefan diggs um they're pretty much identical size bateman's actually a better athlete than diggs is but he's also just like diggs is he's an elite route runner which is my favorite skill in wide receivers He was super productive in college. Like to me, to me, he's a super safe prospect. To me, he's like almost a can't miss guy. So you get a talent like him at this stage in the draft for a team like Green Bay, who has needed another guy like that forever and ever. I would, I would be absolutely thrilled for you as a Packers fan (laughs) if this is the pick. I love her. He's actually he's one of the two guys for the Saints that I would be sick if they got. Like I by the way, Mark, now that you're mentioning being thrilled for me, can we make love for Julio happen already? Oh dude. Like what's going on? Like why don't bring it up, man. Don't bring it up. It hurts. It hurts. That's a deal that needs to be sent into the league already. I'm not sure what's taking so long. Look, if you want to send 29 over for Julio, maybe we can talk. I just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I offered you a first-round pick. Oh, dude, it hurts me, man. It, hurt, it hurts me. It hurts me. I, Julio's my guy, and all this talk of him getting old and us moving on, it's just too much. I can't, I can't deal with that right now, so we're going to have to move on <laughs> to, to the Bills here at 30. But we can talk about that later. Um, uh, but uh, so, 30, so the, all right. So the Bills are at 30. So this is where I'm going to take the first running back off the board. A lot of people think it's going to be Travis Etienne. I disagree. The Bills, I believe, if I remember correctly, have the running back coach on staff that recruited Najee Harris to Alabama. Mm -hmm. And Najee Harris, in an interview, specifically mentioned the Bills as a team that he really had a good time interviewing with. Now, I know that doesn't always mean anything, but I do think there's great synergy there. 
I think he fits the style of play that the Bills want. And he, he's, he's the kind of running back that they need. They need somebody, especially at the goal line, to take some of those carries from Josh Allen to try and protect his body a bit. He's also a great receiver. So he's really like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss combined into one guy. And he's just like way better than both those players. So they get both uh, both things of, of the running backs that they currently have there that they've been wanting to fill that role. Um, I love Najee Harris. I've loved him since last year. He was my running back one even before the season started, and that was the cool thing to do. So I, mm-hmm. I think they're going for a win-now move, and they can afford to take a luxury pick like this. So Najee Harris to the Bills at 30. Yeah, and look, man, I mean, if you haven't watched, not if somehow you haven't watched Najee Harris, obviously not you, but like just someone listening, just go plug in like Najee Harris highlights. Look, football player, pretty much, <laughs> like in a weird way, just like that just sums it up. The absolute stud, like really, like I agree, like in the sense that probably picking running backs in the first round, not the best thing to do, but also um, he's a great player at the same time that's like my always the hard thing with running backs is as my team just paid one uh if you didn't know but it's just like <laughs> yes. it's like they're great players it's like yeah it's like they're li- the, the, not life geez but career expectancy uh is short and like you know might not be worth the value a, lo- a lot of it might depend on the offensive line but it's also like they're really good <laughs> and you like having them on your team so it's like you know it's hard to um kind of but like Najee's a great player I guess is my point with that so next up is is I have is uh Baltimore and so this one this might be a reach to you I'm going to be interested to see your thoughts because I, I don't see him mocked in many first rounds if I'm being honest I've tweeted about him a couple times I'm going receiver here for Baltimore at 31 uh trade with Kansas City obviously I'm taking Terrence Marshall this is another guy if Green Bay took him somehow got him i'd be happy i I like terrence marshall i think look man he's tall he's athletic he's he's played i've seen him in the slot i've seen him out i just think he is a big vertical receiver in that in look lamar like it's kind of like the hollywood thing with the speed guy it kind of really hasn't worked out in baltimore give me a big tall guy that can go up make those tough catches in this offense like, I, I like Terrence Marshall for Baltimore here. Yeah, I love that pick. I'm a pretty big fan of Marshall. I, I think he's got arguably the highest ceiling of any wide receiver in this class. Uh, he just – he fits that prototypical X wide receiver mold. There are some concerns with him. I know he's got a, a prior knee injury that has been red flagged by some teams. So that may cause him to slide a little bit more, but – you could argue that sliding to 31 is a slide for him considering how much, how productive he was in college. He was a super highly uh, touted recruit out of high school. So he's got the pedigree. My, my biggest thing with him is I, there's just something weird about him with how he plays. He's super soft in the run game. Like as a run blocker, he's arguably one of the worst run blocking wide receivers I've ever seen. I know that doesn't matter to some people, but his effort there is just like truly it's truly embarrassing how bad he is in run block uh, support. So I, I, I don't know. He bailed, he bailed on the team during the season, right before the Alabama game. Like he dodged Alabama, which is super weird. And I understand they had a bad team this year, but I don't know. There's just some like funky vibe stuff going on with Marshall, but the talent is undeniable. Freaky, freaky player for his size at wide receiver. And that's exactly the kind of player that Baltimore needs. Like you said, 
So I, I'm with you. I, I could definitely see that um, being a guy that they could pick there. And I, I really like that pick for them. Yeah, I think you brought up some fair concerns. Like, th- that is weird. I, I, I'm totally with you. Like, the, the, the not showing up to the, the Bama thing, I think that does matter in, in some weird ways, especially uh, in football. And, like, but, yeah, like, he, he's a freak just, like, physically. Um, and I think if Baltimore could get him, because it's, like, no rece- – I, I just don't really see – like, we've just seen it now with multiple off-seasons. Receivers are not going there. They, they've been interested in multiple and for whatever yeah. reason they're I mean I, I think I have a decent idea of why like receivers they kind of have a short time to get paid too and they get paid based off numbers and Baltimore runs the ball a lot and you know kind of speaks for itself but um as much as I love Lamar like they're not getting him and I think it would be a good time to get to get her to get a receiver and I think he, he'd fit well but now we're we're to the last pick we've we've made it through We've slogged through, but we've we've made it. Um, Thirty-two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, so Tampa Bay, a team that I have had a crush on for a while. Funny enough, uh, and I will say, dude, them. you called the Super Bowl wrong. Like you pretty much, like you said, yeah, they'll beat New Orleans. Like when New Orleans had beaten them twice, like already that year, you know, and a lot of no one was picking them really to win that game, and like. <laughs> You're like, yeah, they're going to beat New Orleans. And they kind of really did. They just kind of dominated that game. And obviously, we're sitting where we are. Yeah, they, they were my Super Bowl pick on your show, right? Was that? Yeah. 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 You, yeah, you literally called that run. Not <laughs> like step for step almost. Yeah, they, they just are so insanely talented on both sides of the ball. It's just like kind of unfair. Um, like to me, it's funny. I don't want to like take a ton of time here at the end. And, and I'll make this pick here in a second. But. To me, it's funny that, like, everybody seems to be trying to copy what Kansas City has done. But to me, like, Kansas City is, like, the the warriors of the NFL. Like, they're impossible to copy. Teams should not be trying to replicate what the Chiefs have done. In my opinion, they should be trying to replicate what the Buccaneers have done. Like, they've just stacked that team, like, with so much stupid good talent on both sides of the ball. They're dominant in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They have a great quarterback. They have insane weapons around an old quarterback. Like, I absolutely love the job that the Buccaneers have done. And to me, that's a way more attainable and sustainable way to build your team. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm a huge fan of the Buccaneers. I was, I was pretty happy that they won the Super Bowl because I was super high on them all year. And then they kind of brought it together near the end and made it happen. So, so that was, I was not. Fun. I was not super happy they won the Super Bowl. but (laughs) yeah (laughs) no but i i I think i think there's some truth to that i mean they they, i mean in some ways though they 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 got a lot of these guys because they were just bad every year and then they got the greatest quarterback of all time yeah (laughs) like so it's like so it's like some of these are just like hard to do and it's like tampa though they are just they're just they're just stacked like I, i mean I'll, I'll be interested to see how they respond to winning the Super Bowl, but on paper they look pretty good again. Yeah, I they're they're still my favorite to win it this year. Like they they're just loaded. So, um, but yeah, interesting position for them here. Still tons of talent on the board. Some really surprising talent, um, like Jeremiah Wusakoromoa, Quiddy Pay, um, even guys like uh, Creed Humphrey or like a Jameen Davis, a Joe Tryon, who's really come on lately as a, as a late riser. I think they could go defensive end. I think that would be the smart pick value-wise, especially with a guy like Quiddy Pay on the board. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go that way because I just recently heard this rumor 
that they would love to use this pick on a luxury pick, which would be a running back. And arguably the best running back in this spot or in this draft is available at this spot, which is Travis Etienne. Um, so I think they're just going to take that luxury pick at this op- with this opportunity here. Get Travis Etienne, who's a super explosive, dynamic running back, had insane production at the college level. He can do everything you want. He would add a level of explosiveness to that offense, which would just make him that much more dangerous. He's a great pass catching back, which is something we know that they've been in the market for since last year. And that's uh, a type of player that Tom Brady likes to have, which is a pass catching back and, no offense to their guys there right now, but they all suck at catching the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Travis Etienne would be a great fit. And again, it's a luxury pick, but it, it makes a lot of sense considering how complete they are everywhere else on the team. That's kind of like the one remaining area where they don't have just ridiculous talent stacked. So giving yourself a ridiculous talent at that position makes some sense here. So doing doing the Chiefs thing, taking a quarterback at the end of the first round, Travis Etienne to close things out for the first round. I like it, man. Hey, like I think we, I think we nailed it. I, I think we're going thirty-two for thirty-two. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we are, right? Like I, I'm a hundred percent confident that we got every single pick right, and uh, we we really are just from the future. And so if you want, if you want to win money, you know, just listen to us. <laughs> no, but I really appreciate you coming on, man. Like really, like. I'm, I'm like not many dive into it as much as you do. And I appreciate you coming on for real diving into all 32. Like uh, it was really fun to do. Like, if, is there anyone else you want to hit other takes you want to throw out there? We're sitting here about 11 o'clock our time, but you know, us, we'll, you know, we could, we could keep this going. So. No, I, I, I don't know how much more, I mean, I could talk about all these guys in this class forever and ever and every team. And I mean, I, like you said, I'm super deep into it. I, I do think a few surprises in our mock draft. Uh, Jeremiah Wusakoromoa and Quiddy Pay both falling out of the first round. Almost every consensus mock draft has them both as guaranteed lock guys in the first round. Uh, Wusakoromoa is really interesting. One of my personally, one of my favorite players in the draft. He's an undersized linebacker, hits like a hammer. Uh, played great this last season for a great program in Notre Dame. I actually have him ranked as a safety. He reminds me of like Jamal Adams. Or Buddha Baker, I actually think he's better in that kind of a safety role as a versatile slot weapon than he is a linebacker. Um, and I think that could potentially be a reason why this could actually happen on draft night where he does fall out of the first round because we've seen the NFL be really weird about these guys that are kind of tweeners between exactly. safety and linebacker. Yeah. Um, but he is he is really, really good. So maybe that doesn't happen and someone probably just takes him at some point because the value's too good. But it also wouldn't surprise me if it happened. And then Quiddy Pay. Again, a guy that like some people have as like a top ten talent. Personally, I don't see it with him. I think he plays really hard, but he's got uh, short arms. He's a little bit smaller. I know he's a freaky athlete, but at the defensive end position, you have to have that length to really succeed, or you have to be a super polished pass rusher. He's and not. He's, yeah, and he's neither a guy of those. he actually reminds me of, and I, and it's not, and he's actually turned out. I mean, he had a pretty decent year last year but and 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 quitty payment he might actually he'll probably end up picked in the first round like you were saying like most consensus have him but is Rashawn gary like i i really think in some ways he's he's like that type of a and i know it's both michigan guys but uh where they're really good athletes and they can they can flat out they can rush you with one move but outside of that it's like 
it's kind of leaves you wanting more to be desired. Like you, yeah. you think there could be more and you think like maybe you could tap into it and you are hopeful. Uh, so he'll probably end up picked somewhere in round one. But I just think ultimately, like for me, like, again, a lot of this was need. And then like, you know, like it's like where, you know, does is he like sitting in my mind at that time and like and, and so are you a pay guy or i know you were really low on gary or no that's like a decent comp or i so my comp for quitty pay is uh actually emmanuel ogba um so i think similar kind of thinking like we neither of us really believe in that upside i, I do see why you would say uh rayshon gary because like gary some people think he's better suited to be a defensive end and then other people think he's better suited as like an outside linebacker, right? So like when the Packers drafted Gary, they announced him actually as an outside linebacker. Yeah. Um, and they've kind of used him in that way. But like that's kind of who Gary is. He's kind of like a tweener, and that's exactly what pay is. So I totally get where you're going with that. And I actually I actually like Gary more as a defensive end, and I like pay more as a stand-up outside linebacker. So yeah. it's kind of funny how that works out. But but yeah, I, I think he's a really like high floor, low ceiling player. I don't believe in his ceiling at all. Um, he's a great run defender, but the pass rush just I don't I think he's really gonna struggle with pass rush at the next level. I could be proven wrong. I've seen some people compare him to like Khalil Mack, which is just crazy mm. to me. I just do not see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have a second round grade on him. I actually have him behind another guy, uh, Peyton Turner from Houston, who I'm really high on. Um and I actually have Jason Oway from Penn State above him because Oway's just so freakish with his tools and athleticism. Another and, guy that could definitely be in a, the first round, you know, like yeah. That's the weird thing with these defensive players, though. It's just like I think a lot of them are 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 just like, I mean, like, I, like I just like just kind of like I don't know, like it's a and obviously it's the draft. A lot of these guys will will hit, will will bust, but. In the defensive players, usually, almost always, I was going back through, like, the last five to eight years, dude, there's been, like, a stud end coming out. Like, like yeah. a stud, where it's like, should this guy go number one? Or, like, a stud corner, or, like, something like that. And this year, uh, as much as we like Horn, as much as we like Sutin, and, and like, they're really good, and I love Horn, honestly. Like, I, But it's just, like, they're not, it's not, like, Oh, you gotta take this guy in the top five, or you're making a mistake. And really, for the for recent history, uh, it's been that. And throughout this this one, it's just like defensive players. They could a lot of them could see where they fall further than they thought, and you know maybe somebody takes a, a, a stretch on one. But uh, yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But like, it's pretty no, much I... like none of the defensive players are like locks this year. I feel like where in years past, there's like this group there. It's like the elite defensive guys yes yeah this defensive class is really rough um and it's just such a great offensive talent class like across the board offensive line wide receiver is just stupid it's, this year. it's ridiculous dude. yeah like, <laughs> which is so funny because like the falcons have always needed like that elite level pass rusher right and then like the one year there's like absolutely nobody is the year they get like a top pick you know it's like you gotta be kidding me like this is ridiculous and we're probably gonna end up with a freaking tight end instead but anyways i don't want to get off on track on that but no i'm with you i i think i think some of these guys just because 
just because of need, like they're going to get overdrafted. But I think like in a normal, like a normal draft with like a normal spread of defensive talent, like I truly don't think like a quitty pay would go round one. I don't think a Joe Tryon would go round one, but like they very well could just because teams have to pick a guy. And like, if they, if they want a guy at that position, like those are the best you got. So like, they're going to, they're going to be reaches, but that's part of the reason why, like for me, I just refuse to do that. Like, I just don't, I don't grade guys higher because I want a higher graded guy at that position. I just grade them. And if they turn out to be lower and everybody in the class sucks and like, so be it, you know? And so that's kind of where I'm at with my, the defensive uh, group in this year's class. Next year's class is going to be loaded at defense. It's going to be like the opposite of what this year is. Um, so if I was like in a front office of a team, I'd just say, look, you may have defensive needs this year, but don't force the issue. Just take best player available, even if it's on offense, like take advantage of the depth and the talent there and then look to next year to make it happen. But, uh, but I'm with you. And then just one other name I'll throw out there, Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver from Florida. Some people think he's going to go pretty high in the first. I struggle with him. He's obviously really great after the catch, but he's a one-year wonder, um, really had a late breakout age. He struggles with uh, catching the ball, which is pretty important for a wide receiver. Um, so he's got some really interesting upside. It'd be interesting to see maybe even like a team like the Packers would maybe make some sense for him. But I'm a little bit lower on him than consensus. And I know there's some off-field stuff there as well. So he's another guy that I wouldn't shock me if he went in the first round, but to me, I'm, I'm not nearly that high on him, but uh, I don't know. I could talk about these guys for forever, but those are just some of the bigger names I thought I'd throw out there as like, Hey, these are guys that you probably normally see and you didn't hear us talk about. Um, but there, there's, there's a real chance that they could really fall, fall all the way out of uh, the first round because of the reasons. So. Totally agree. And, 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 you know, like, I guess if one thing it's like, and it's like really cliche to say, but it's just like teaches us year and and year out is like to just like you never know. Like there's gonna be a pick that shocks literally all of us. That's like that wasn't mocked anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And and there's gonna be trades, obviously, which we kind of just stay away from that. Because then imagine this podcast then if that it would, <laughs> if we would have had trades, you know, like right but, uh, exactly. Uh, but like yeah, like I think we did a pretty good job of mocking the first round. My guy, like it is a good time as always. Like I'm trying to think if there's any more other prospects I wanted to run by you. If you don't mind, just uh, we'll get out of here on, on your top 10. You said you had your board. You said, I think you, you said uh, uh, just an insane number of, of people mocked. Um, so like, can you give me your top 10 board overall Mark Wallen board? Yeah. So um, it's, I, I normally just do a horizontal board, meaning I just rank them and stack them by position. And I don't do like a full vertical board, which is what you normally see. Um, but like NFL teams, they do horizontal boards. They don't do vertical boards. I typically just try and mimic what the AQ and the front offices do horizontal. But I can tell you just kind of off the top of my head, kind of roughly what my vertical board is. So I have Trevor Lawrence, number one. I actually have Kyle Pitts tied with Trevor Lawrence as my number two best player in this draft class. Then I have Penny Sewell as a third behind those guys. Then I have Justin Fields at four, Trey Lance at five with identical grades. But again, I give the tiebreaker to Fields because I like the ceiling better. Then our, our, our linebacker that we talked about, Micah Parsons at number six. I have Najee Harris as number seven, but that is just a grade. Mm. I wouldn't take him that high. I just, 
Mike rating. That's how he came out as a top 10 type talent. Mm -hmm. Um, So he would be, yeah, but I wouldn't draft him in the first round. I don't believe in drafting running backs in the first round. So just kind of understand where I'm coming from when I say that. Um, Tied with him, I have Jamar Chase at number eight. Number nine, Rayshon Slater, the tackle that we talked about. Then at number 10, I have Zach Wilson. Number 11, I have uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the guy that we talked about. I'm actually much, much higher on him than consensus, so I'm a big fan. Um, So he's up there. Uh, And then just a couple other guys I'll throw in. Devonta Smith, uh, he's right there with those guys as well. And then Travis Etienne, Jalen Waddell. And then actually a surprise guy that we didn't talk about, Rondell Moore, the small wide receiver out of Purdue. Mm -hmm. I think just as a raw natural talent is – Really, really great. So he's right up there as well. So, yeah, man, love it as always. Love having the combo with you. Love having you on. Um, I guess that's it, man. I guess we're gonna wrap it up. All right, man. Well, sounds good. Thanks for having me on, and we'll uh, we'll have to talk again sometime soon. It's always fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on. As always, man. I'll see you at the parade. All right, man. Sounds <laughs> good. Take it easy. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, really fun conversation. Probably going to um, get this out either tonight or first tomorrow morning. If you don't mind jumping on iTunes, giving us a rating and review really helps. Uh, and yeah, I think that's going to do it. So peace, guys. Hey, thanks, man. Really appreciate it again. Yeah, no problem. That was a lot of fun. It's uh, it's a fun class. So it's fun to talk about them. So. Yeah, it really is, man. Thank thank you for sure, bro. It, it really means a lot coming on, taking the time. Sorry we went so long. Oh, no worries, man. Uh, we could talk forever. So I, And frankly, I was kind of sick of doing homework, so it was, it was fun to do something else. So. How's that been going? Good, man. I got finals this week, which is kind of a bummer with, like, the draft and everything going on because it's, like, all I want to yeah. do is, like, read all the stuff about the Falcons and what the hell they're going to do, but <laughs> – um but it's good like i'm gonna pass both my classes so that's also part of the problem is like i i want to try and get an a but i'm also just burned out from school because i like literally haven't had a break in like six months so i'm just like yeah knowing knowing that i'm gonna i'm gonna pass and that's all that matters at this level i'm kind of mailing it in here at the end a little bit but uh but it's going good i've learned a ton so it's it's been good that's good dude that's that's really cool actually well yeah man well, I you're just doing like, good. Everything going well. Yeah, yeah. I've just been, uh, just been kind of chilling. I, I got a couple small little writing jobs I've been doing uh, right now. Nice man. I'm writing some stuff about the stock market, finance. Oh, cool. Into that world a little bit. I uh, um, I just got through my finance class not that long ago, so super fun stuff. Dude, like super depressing stuff, honestly. Like, <laughs> That's like what I've learned. Like it's pretty much every company is pretty much evil. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I yeah, guess we, pretty we fun. recently like the stock market part of it's fun for sure. Yeah, we recently um did like a case study on Nike and the whole thing with Colin Kaepernick. And it just it's so funny because like once you actually dig into like the business side of it, you understand like why they did what they did. Um and it wasn't <laughs> It's definitely not for like the noble reasons that they portray to everybody through their marketing, you know, (laughs) and it's just, it just cracks me up. Like they, they would, they literally had decided to drop, uh, to, to drop Kaepernick from their lineup 
Um, and then their, their head of marketing came in and said, no, like this is a great opportunity as a marketing perspective to like really do some cool things. And so they, the only reason they didn't drop him is because this guy said we can make a lot of money off of him. <laughs> and then they went and did it and they made a ton of, a ton of money off of him. And that's literally the only reason they did it is because they could make money. It wasn't because they wanted to like support, you know, what he was doing or whatever. It's just to them, it's all business, which I totally get, but like people, it's so funny. Like people think that they were doing it for some noble cause. I'm like, that is not what they were doing at all. Like that's Literally. not what it was behind the scenes. So, and they, I, it was so funny because like after the after the, I remember it. Literally, they dropped the commercial right with him with him <laughs> in it, and like it was on Labor Day week, and it was so planned. And then like the stock went way. I think it went down. I guess honestly, I think it went down. Um, or maybe it went up, like whatever way it went. I, I can't remember, but I think I remember I, I, I heard, I didn't hear like those specifics, but I heard like some details of the story, like maybe on a podcast or something. And they were like, everyone was freaking out because like the stock was down. And like the stock is down, like Nike's literally done. Like everyone, no one's ever going to buy Nike again. Nike's company's ruined. And then like, like they were like, fine. Like then, like <laughs> it was like, it's the funniest thing. But like that's the funniest yeah. thing ever. No, it's super funny because I'll just pull up their stock right now and look. So, just in the just in the last year, they're up fifty percent in their stock, right? So, they they're up forty three dollars. So they're up to one hundred thirty one point five nine. So they, so yeah. So there was a slight dip. There's a slight little dip when they launched that, and then they've increased their stock price by fifty percent, which is pretty damn good. But uh, it's funny because. So what Nike ended up figuring out is the people that that was going to piss off aren't their customers anyways. Like people, like really conservative people out in their farms and whatever, like those people don't buy Nikes. (laughs) It's like the inner city people, like, right? Like the people that are much more liberal and young Mm -hmm. that buy their shoes. So what they did is with the marketing strategy, they just said, this is a great opportunity for us to differentiate ourselves from other shoe companies, which had been gaining some market share from them in the recent years, right? So they said, let's differentiate ourselves. What that does is when you differentiate yourself to your customer base, is it creates more loyal customers and more loyal customers, even though you have fewer of them, more loyal customers are willing to pay more for your products, which is Nike's model. They want loyal customers that they can charge insane premiums to. So they said, this fits perfectly with that business model we're not actually going to lose any business because the people it's going to piss off don't buy our product anyways. It's just going to strengthen the loyalty to our brand. So now we're going to do it and it worked and they've made a shit ton of money off of it. So good for them. (laughs) Good for them. Good for Nike. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really funny. I I need to dive more into it, but yeah, that's really all I've been doing lately. I have a couple small writing jobs actually going to be covering the bees a little bit this summer. Oh, nice. Um, That'll be fun. So just doing a little couple game recaps for uh, it's called thehivesports.com. Um, you can cool, subscribe man. just for free, and it just like emails you like all the articles. But at least it's no like paywall or anything. Just like just writing there, and then writing like a this fi- with a finance too called tackle trading. Um, my uncles are actually they like ran it, and I just write articles uh their daily top five. So that's all I've been doing lately, really. 
Sweet, man. Well, if you ever need to talk finance or whatever, I don't know shit about baseball, so don't talk to me about the bees. But if you ever need to talk finance, <laughs> let me know. Bro, bro I'll never can... waste your time talking to you about the bees, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to one of their games. I hear their stadium's, like, super cool. But No, like, I actually I, – I don't – I can't even remember the last time I was at a bees game, but I was talking to, I was talking to Rob about it, and he he was like, I was out to a bees game like last summer or something. He said it was like a really nice like ballpark and stuff, and like it was like, yeah, I was like, dang, I didn't even know. Yeah, <laughs> well, but, maybe that'll be something we can we can maybe we can meet up and go to see a bees game. Uh, and yeah, grab some food or something. I'm, I'm actually up. moving up that way here in like two weeks. I'll be living in Murray, so oh sweet, yeah, perfect. Like, pretty i'm pretty excited so Sarah, good, uh, home season starts but yeah that's all dude i just ready for uh i don't know i don't even know just waiting for these nba playoffs i guess dude <laughs> but yeah we got the draft and then playoffs so that'll be kind of fun so it'll be but yeah but it's it is what it is it's it's been fun i'm doing good though but uh the kids good and everything like they got to be getting pretty like like they're are they getting just huge at this point dude yeah they're freaking monsters so my <laughs> oldest my oldest is uh a little over two years old now and he's he's mad tall like mad tall lanky and like just really like thin oh, like okay. he he's just like cut like he looks like a little like freaking like supermodel it's like really funny <laughs> but he's he's a super he's a handful he's in like the 90th like 95th percentile for height for his age so wow. like we go we go to the park and, <laughs> and he's like playing with like three and four year olds and he looks like the same size as them but he's like half their age it's really <laughs> funny and then my That's youngest cool. my youngest is built like a freaking offensive tackle like 99th percentile height 99th so you got percentile dude, you weight. got a basketball player and then a football player yeah it really <laughs> is because yeah like my oldest really is like legit perfect build for basketball and then my youngest is like just a massive like brick house of a of a human um like they weigh like they weigh the same weight and my youngest is like half not even half his age but he's just a monster of a of a of a baby so that's um, but they're doing real. they're doing good man like we're just doing our thing and trying to figure out what to do now that the pandemic's getting over with and but yeah things are going well man so we're doing good yeah that's good to hear man yeah like i'm sure i'll be messaging you on draft day or on through dms or something like it's gonna be crazy i'm sure like i hope quarterback for you i really do but Pitts yeah, is awesome it's awesome too i guess <laughs> yeah it's so funny because like Everything seems to be pointing towards Pitts, but like some of some of the people that I know that are like are they, they seem to really have like a really good pulse on what the Falcons are actually going to do each year in the draft. They seem pretty convinced that Justin Fields is their guy. Um, so I don't know. Like I truly, I truly have no clue what they're going to do, and it's stressing me out because I really, really want them to go quarterback. But and then I. <laughs> I really don't want them to trade Julio. And then all these freaking reports today come out that they're like shopping him around. And I'm like, I hate my life. <laughs> this sucks. How much, like, don't take a quarterback. L- listen to this theory. And then I'll, I, I'll, I'll let you go for the night. I'll, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just listen to this one theory. So say, say Brian Goodis. Um, who's the Falcons GM? Terry Fontenot. Fontenot. Um, he he picks up the phone. He says, 
you know, because uh, Brian Goodkins today, I don't know if you saw the quote, you, you know, I did. He said, Aaron, <laughs> he said, Aaron Rodgers is our guy. He's I our saw guy. that. He's I our guy, that. Mark. Yes. <laughs> he came out and said, he's our guy. Like, the, like you're seeing firsthand how hyped I'm getting just right now at 11 o'clock at night. Um, th- so they call Atlanta. They say, listen, Jordan Love, two You years know ago. what? Fuck you. <laughs> Perfect response. Perfect response. We're keeping that in. Oh, gosh, dude. No, I freaking you, – you better not. They say Julio. I'll get in listen, trouble. Julio. No, I, no, I'll cut this. But, like, oh, they, uh, they, they, uh, they say Julio, you know, a couple down years, not been getting in the end zone. Jordan Love, you know. That sophomore year, though, like yo, I would quit the team. I would legitimately. You see, like, I, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> like Jordan Love. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he's he's at least interesting, right? Like, but to me, like, just no. Like, I can take Trey Lance, Justin Fields at four, and I'm gonna trade our best player for Jordan Love and like nothing. Like, oh, I, that would make me sick. The thing, honestly, the thing I'm the most like horrified of is we take Kyle Pitts at four, we trade Julio for, like, some future second-round pick, and we think, oh, Pitts is going to replace him, so we're good. But the Falcons, I don't know if you know this, the Falcons are the only team in the NFL with only one quarterback on their roster. So they have to draft a quarterback sometime during the draft. So I am highly concerned (laughs) that the Falcons are really high on Kyle Trask. And if you have Kyle Pitts, who was with Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask is going to be there at the top of the second round. So now you're going to take Kyle Trask with your second round pick, and that's that's how you justify what you did. <laughs> and I would hate that. And I actually kind of like Kyle Trask, but I would explosive vomit if that's how they might end up going. So it would be bad. Hey, hey, like, I just had to throw it out. Just a just a question, like Julio for love, maybe twenty nine. Look, like, Julio, I would do Julio for love in your first, but I wouldn't do it for Julio just for Jordan Love. No way. Yeah. Well, hey, see, that's the position I'm in. I'm in that desperate position right now. I'm trying to get my quarterback stand on this team. Dude. <laughs> I'm on a mission. But oh uh, yeah, dude. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thank yeah, you. I'll, I appreciate it. We'll I'll, stay in touch. All that for sure. You're you're a legend, dude. I'll get all you right, that man. other forty-five for the for the week. Okay, sounds good. All right, bro. Talk to you later. All right, see ya. See ya. But I think my phone cut out or laptop stopped working or something. Oh, but, no uh, worries. Yeah, go ahead. Anyway. Yeah, no worries. So we're to pick sixteen, right? With sixteen. The, uh... Yeah, we'll just go on to sixteen. So Cardinals. Cool. So this is a tough pick. Um, again, similar to kind of where these, like the Vikings and the Chargers were at, it's a little bit of an awkward spot for them with their needs. I think they could go offensive line. Um, I think they could go corner, but mm-hmm. with at this stage, it, it would be a little bit of a reach. They just got rid of Patrick Peterson, so they really need help there. And they're obviously in win-now mode, so they need somebody that can help right away. I think defensive end to help with that pass rush would make a lot of sense as well. Um, so they're tough. I personally, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with a surprising pick here. I'm gonna go with Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern. 
He, in my opinion, is a legitimate first-round talent at corner. I think after losing Patrick Peterson, you have to find a way to replace him. I know there's other needs on the team, especially if you're going to compete now, but I don't think you can actually compete now if you don't improve that secondary. And to me, Newsom's the mm-hmm. best uh, CB left on the board. Great athlete. He's got short arms, but he he plays well enough on tape that I think he can be that guy for you. So I'm going to take Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern here for the Arizona Cardinals at 16. Yeah. So where I ended with them, actually, I, I, I went edge and, and I maybe some consider him. Uh, I, I think he's edge. Xavier Collins. Like, I think like I, I just think they need another edge guy. They need to add to that defense. Like you said, obviously, uh, like their secondary has some work to do too. letting go of um, him. But like I had them them. But like, yeah, I think either way they go defense. A couple other people I thought was in the corners range too but like i think that's honestly you know like maybe that's a reach to some but i honestly think that's a fair pick in terms of just the fact that arizona they need defensive help and it's like yeah smith is there but it's like you know do you, do you really want to i don't know like I, I just think i think that's the right pick i think that again that's it's the right pick um so the next pick, we got the Raiders. Um, and this is a team that I think it's possible of anything, but I don't, I don't see Smith here again. I'm just going to keep mentioning that because I, I just I, look rugs in the first round last year. Um, I, I just, I just think this team is another team that probably should go into the trenches um, in terms of either line or defense i think they should go to the other side of the ball because there's still lack a ton of talent on that side of the ball uh now almost every defensive player in this class i kind of look at with kind of like a side eye at this point because <laughs> i'm just like kind of like uh, i don't know like it, it, you know like yeah uh, and it but so i ended up going um line i i i, I went line here because and i'm staying sec because that's all gruden and and Mayock pick and I'm going Alex Leatherwood. Oh, let's go. From, from Bama. I just think they 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 go trenches and they but they stick to their core in the in the power five conferences. Yeah, I love that pick. I know some people aren't as high on Leatherwood as others. I I personally like him a lot. Uh, elite level athlete for his size. And also with that, and it's a it's a point I forgot. I meant to bring it up sooner, but with him is he's a former monster recruit yes and and gruden and mayock you know they love that i just <laughs> I, you just know it. yeah <laughs> like, and after and after they got rid of like everybody on their offensive line like they kind of have to take o-line here right so i i think yeah. so and i think i think they'll get tempted maybe those kind of one of those potentials on defense or maybe even smith who knows with these guys but like uh i think leatherwood is the correct pick and if they made it i'd i'd, I'd be proud of them I'd be, I'd be proud of the raiders gruden that would be such a Raiders pick. Like I, cause it, it would be a reach. I think according to consensus, I think most people think he's like a second round pick, but like, that's such a, it's such a good fit for what the Raiders look for and want. Like I, I'm with you. I, I love that. I love that pick for them. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, and I just, that, that five star, it was really like the one thing was like, yes, Raiders. Cause it's like, that's, I swear, like <laughs> that's what they do. But uh, yeah, Dolphins exactly. second pick in the first round there as they just, They've had, I mean, Dolphins set up well. Yeah, so I, this is where I'm, I am going to take the Heisman winner, Devonta Smith. 
So I, I, I still love Devonta Smith. I know he weighed in at like 166, but I honestly just don't care. He plays way bigger and stronger on tape. He's never had injury problems. He had one injury, which was a hand injury, which is a freak thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a huge fan of the kid. I think with him being there at Alabama with all those great, great wide receivers, you could argue that he was the best one out of all of them from a talent perspective. And so I, I think getting him here at 18 is a home run. I think he was a guy that potentially they could have considered all the way up at six. I, I just think he's that good. I, I don't think you can go wrong adding more weapons around Tua. So getting a Kyle Pitts and then a Devonta Smith here in the first round, I mean, I don't know how much better that they could do. And that's really kind of like the one big area on their team that they really needed to improve on was their, the weapons around Tua. So I think this is a, a, a grand slam home run pick. And you know what? If he doesn't work out, that's fine. Like, I, I just think at this stage, taking that opportunity to take such a talented wide receiver as Smith makes a ton of sense. So I, I'm going to take Devonta Smith here at 18. Hey, I, I think I, – I don't think him falling – It's this is weird, but I don't think it's like a slight on him in Armok anyway. I think that his he's kind of getting disrespected a little – but I think Armok, honestly, the board kind of just fell where, like, those – in that range, teams – like, teams do. They just kind of pick by need sometimes. And sometimes they just don't need a receiver, you know? Like, I think me too, like, in the sense that I'm, like, really high on Smith still in the sense that I think he's a really good player. Like, I don't see why his he shouldn't be able to succeed in the league. Um, he's obviously a monster talent. What he did in college speaks for itself. Um but it just kind of fell that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's such a deep class at wide receiver. I think a lot of teams will justify passing on some of these guys, like especially like a Smith, because they can probably just tell themselves, oh, we'll get somebody in round two, three, four, or five. Like, it's just that mm-hmm. deep of a class. And then as well, I, you know, like the, the NFL has shown that they're willing to let top-tier wide receiver talent slide in the draft. I mean, like, look at C.D. Lamb. Like, C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, sure. was like a, yeah. a Jamar Chase-level talent, and he slid really far last year. So I don't see yeah. – if like, if a C.D. Lamb can slide that far, I don't see why a Devonta Smith could, could not slide this far. I, I actually think he probably will slide to about this range of the draft on draft night. So, but yeah. But he's great. I love him. I'm a huge, huge Devonta Smith fan, so. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that I think we're both in kind of a agreement there. I think that's a good pick for them. I mean, if if Miami walks away with those two guys on draft night, I mean, are you like, wow? <laughs> like, yeah. Like you'd be you'd, really you'd nice, have like, to be happy. Yeah. yeah. Like that's really the whole like a really just one of the but but uh, we'll move on to the football team. Yes, there's still a team called the football team, uh, but. Washington football team sitting here at 19 made the playoffs last year in the NFC East. Okay, man. Like this is one I'm not even going to lie. I was lost for a while. Like I was like, what are, <laughs> what are they going to do? I look at them on the defensive side of the ball and I really think they're pretty solid. Obviously the young pick last year, I don't really think they're going to double dip with the edge. Um, I think they could add defense still though. I mean, I was looking at some of these linebackers. I thought maybe one of them, um, I wanted to almost reach for like, like a corner, but then it's like they had some of their corners play well. Their defense is pretty good, and a guy that I liked honestly was uh that the Jenkins tackle too from Okie State. But 
for them. But Washington, man, I think they're honestly a trade down candidate because I kind of like Washington. <laughs> like with the quarterbacks <laughs> being gone, it's just like I don't really know. Like, am I am I am I being crazy here? Like, no, I'm just I like them. Like, yeah, in I terms mean, of I... what they need. I, I like them quite a bit. I think they could go offensive tackle. I think that's a need. They're they're kind of like honestly my dream. Like other than the Patriots, they're my dream. Micah Parsons landing spot because I mm. I know that defense is already loaded, but adding a talent like Parsons to that defense at linebacker would be like just so much fun in like the most ridiculous way. Like that would be like Ravens like old school Ravens level caliber kind of crazy talented defense. Um, but I actually think if I if I was in this position and the board kind of fell this way, I personally would consider some of the wide receivers on the board because I think you need to get Terry McLaurin a running mate um, to give, especially with their quarterback situation. I think they need to improve the weapons there. So I would, I would probably consider either an offensive tackle to try and keep the quarterback protected, or I would, or I'd look at one of these wide receivers to try and get yourself another weapon. So I'm glad you said that because who I honestly had him had mocked to him is Elijah Moore. <laughs> I I honestly had the, him them taking him because I just like I looked at their defense and I like their defense. Like I really think that's really a solid unit. And I look at their running back. I like their young running back. They're they're clearly out of the quarterback range. They're not they're not going to get a QB here. Um, I almost went uh, Jeremiah, and I'm not even going to try and pronounse the, the Notre Dame linebacker. Awusa uh, Koromoa, yeah. Yeah, Koromoa, yeah, Koromoa. Um, but you know what? I'll get spicy, and I'll say Elijah Moore, who I he's I love him. I really do. Like, I mean, there's a lot some mocks I see to the Packers. I think that'd be great, but I mean, yeah. I'm not – never will happen. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's got he kind of has some he's got some things about him that would come to like a Tyler Lockett type of a player. Um, he's really talented. Uh, he produced like crazy at a young age in college. A little bit smaller, but just really tough kid. Great uh, yak player. Great hands. You could even use him as a running back if you wanted to. He kind of did that at times in, in, at the college level. Um, super hard worker. I've actually I actually heard someone kind of mention like there's some like Antonio Brown type vibes with him. And I, I don't think he's that level of a talent, but I also don't think it's crazy to say that with how he plays and just kind of him, his personality. So I think giving him uh, in there with Terry McLaurin would be a ton of fun. Um, so I, I like that pick quite a bit. There we go, man. I was, I was really unsure. We had to talk out the receiver thing. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll move on to 20 now. Uh, with the Chicago Bears and the floor is yours, another team that I'm sure would love to trade up and to get a QB. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree with you. Obviously, they're in, like, win-now mode. If they don't, they're all going to get fired there. They need a quarterback <laughs> more than anything. This is a really unfortunate situation for them because if they wanted a quarterback, they're going to have to take a major, major reach here. So I don't think that's what they're going to do. But I think what they do need, they need – I think, I think they're weirdly kind of still set at wide receiver. Um, I don't think – I know that's like a popular pick there for them, but I don't, I don't know. I just think they're, I think they're set there well enough. I think what would be more important is to try and protect their quarterback <laughs> situation there, whatever ends up happening there. But uh, I think you've got to find a way to keep the quarterback upright if you want to have a chance of any quarterback surviving there, you, whether it's 
who they have on the roster now or whether they draft somebody later in the draft. So I'm going to take the highest player on my board left here and the best offensive uh, tackle player available on the board, which is Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech. He reminds me a lot of the Falcons left tackle, Jake Matthews, who's just been a metronome, really high level left tackle, borderline pro bowler every year. Um, he's got so, he's got some finishing concerns. Derisaw does. He doesn't always play super tough, but just freaky level tools. And I think adding him there, especially with trying to help that offense, I think you could do worse than adding a, a talent like Derisaw to that offensive line. So he'd be my pick there for the Bears at, at pick twenty. Yeah, I mean, like it's it, so receiver. Yeah, like you said, is another kind of thing but I think you're right like I think the Bears definitely would agree with you in terms of like I think they like their receivers like and I don't think they I think their receivers honestly as a fan of their division rival are a little better than they're being shown uh, if I'm yeah. being honest like they, they're getting like they can't like Anthony Miller can get open like he can get open and like they have some decent pieces there so I like the line pick there 21st um Look, I, it, Colts another team I really like, but ultimately, I, I I think I think this goes back to defense. I think as good as their defense was last year, I think they add to this unit again. I think they they go onto that side of the ball, and I think that they go defense again. And I actually mocked them another guy's. I need to stop doing this, but I, I mocked them another guy's name that you're going to have to help me with. But uh, Aziz, Aziz Ojulari. Yeah, I, I so I think if you match him, I've watched some of his tape to just today because I was like, okay, how do I pronounce this? Um, all right, Colts. And if you put him with Buckner and uh, Darius Leonard with, inside that Colts defense, I mean, you're just setting like the next 10 years. I know that's not really how football works or even sports, but like, man, I just that would be a great dominant edge force to go along with those pieces, man. I just really think he could be unlocked in that defense and his athletic ability. I, I like it in that in that system. I, I So I, I went uh, him there to Indianapolis. Yeah, Aziz Ojalari, I'm a big fan of his. He he plays kind of that stand up outside linebacker role, arguably the highest ceiling of any pass rusher in this draft class. He's got a a previous knee injury, which may cause him to fall this far. Some people think the Giants may even take him all the way up at number 11 uh, with how talented he is, but maybe that medical stuff drops him down the board a bit. But I agree. I think he'd be awesome there. He fits a need. He's their kind of player. Um, I was actually hoping he would be there for my my Titans here at 22. So you keep stealing all my guys, but uh, no, I like that pick for the Colts quite a bit. And he's a Georgia kid. Um, so, you know, shout out to Georgia for, for putting a guy out there. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Like he, 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 he really is like, I mean, he, he's just like, I just see him with other great defensive players, like his talent, he could really put up some, like some, I'm talking, he could put up big sack, sack numbers in year one in an Indianapolis type defense. I'm actually pretty high on him too. Uh, but t- Tennessee for you. Um, your Titans, like, are you are you converting to the Titans in the AFC is my first yeah. question. Well, let me just tell you, I'm, like, all the way out on the Titans for this upcoming year. Um, I, I'm, like, selling all my Titans stock. I was really high on them the last couple of years, but I'm, like, all the way out on them now. They lost, they lost Arthur Smith to my Falcons. 
they lost um, they lost Corey Davis, the incomparable Corey Davis in free agency. <laughs> and then like their defense is com- like their defense was bad, right? But like it's completely fallen apart this offseason, which is not great. So I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like Derrick Henry is going to regress. I feel like they didn't really replace their offensive play caller with anybody that you can get excited with. And that was kind of a strength of theirs through this whole thing. So I'm really, I'm really worried about my, my poor Titans uh, over there. They also lost Johnny Smith. So like, they've just, they've just lost a lot of pieces and they have a lot of holes they got to fill, which is tough for them. But, uh, and also but, the Titans, their, their theory of my, the, the, well, it's not even my theory. I should never, I should not take credit for that, but just the theory I definitely subscribe to of the, regression candidates where their close score game record is off the charts so the regression monster might be rearing its ugly head in tennessee next year yeah i i hundred (laughs) percent i hundred percent think that's gonna happen so i'm glad we're on the same page there so um but this is tough man so i really liked ojulari there as a fit there's still some other edge guys that i can see them looking at but they did add uh bud dupree there this off season Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like a huge need. Their secondary is a total mess, which is also tough because like, so Caleb Farley's on the board, who's a really high end level talent, but he's got the back injury history, which is really scary. But the Titans have shown that they aren't afraid of taking a guy with injury history. They did that with Jeffrey Simmons a few, a couple of years ago, and he's turned out to be a tremendous pick for them. So I just, I don't know. I think the value here at that, at this position in the draft with a guy like Farley with their history of taking gambles on injury uh, injured players and just the need they have their cornerback. I think you have to take Caleb Farley at this, this spot. It wouldn't shock me if he fell all the way out of the first round with his medicals, but I'm just, I just think there's not really any other pick that jumps out at me at this position other than these edge Mm -hmm. guys. And I think they're good enough there. So I'll take Caleb Farley, the corner from Virginia tech. You just got me back because that was actually my next pick for uh, Pittsburgh. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so, Bud Dupree, quickly. I just want to get this on record. Like, I, I, like in Tennessee, I'm not so sure I like that deal for them. That's another just not to pile on the Titans, but uh, like, yeah, it's rough. See man. Bud Dupree as an individual rusher coming off an ACL injury. Like, I get why they did it. Like, I get the deal. Like, I think he's talented ever since he's coming out of Kentucky. I remember liking him, but I that was – I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's going to produce in the way they need him to. So, I think you – know, You know what that deal reminded me of? It gave me PTSD flashbacks to the Dante Fowler signing for the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good comparison. Like, and and, and it's just like – Fowler is just like that where he's talented enough where if you have other great rushers around him like Dupree had with Watt and Hayward and Tuitt and all those guys on that Pittsburgh defensive line like yeah you're gonna get win a lot of those one-on-one just because of your pure ability but like in terms of Tennessee when you're the only rusher there I guess I'm just kind of in wait and see mode I think that defense could be bad next year it was like not that good this year (laughs) like and it yeah Yeah. so like tennessee like sorry uh but uh so 24 pittsburgh steelers 23 23 jets Jets. oh jets you're 24 yeah jets so you still yes you stole my pick you stole my pick (laughs) after i stole your pick with the jets with 23 um and then you also stole my backup and knew some earlier in the draft so you took both my corners off the board 
Good. So I'm, I'm kind of scrambling here. You got, I like both those guys. I like both those picks that you, you dished out. Um, I'm going to go with the safety that a, a lot of mocks actually have a little higher. Um, but I'm going Trevin Morig from, from TCU, the safety. I'm going to say the Jets stay in the secondary. They pick him. This is, this guy's pretty good. Like, I, I think. I think he can play corner. Like I like you just look at I'm just looking at the mock site and I think it has him as safety, but I think he can play corner. Like I, I don't see why he couldn't at least play in the slot. Um and the Jets need secondary help. Um the way Sala likes to play just in San Francisco, those slot corners definitely important. Um I almost reached here and gave my guy Lauren uh not Lawrence Wilson a weapon. Um, but I didn't. I'm I'm taking him, and I'm 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 gonna stick to it. Yeah, Trayvon Lodrick. He's he, like you said, he's a really solid player. I'm a little bit lower on him. I have a second round grade on him as my third safety, but he's he's just really solid. Like super high floor. I don't I don't know about his ceiling, but like I don't think you'll be upset with that pick. Um, I think he's a plug and play starter, which is great at this stage of the draft, and they they need to get working on that defense, especially with their coach being a defensive guy. So I think he's a good guy to kind of anchor things on the back end. So I like that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, Steelers at 24. So I, this is funny. So Steelers, the most common mock draft pick at this position is a running back. And I frankly just do not understand that because that team has so many other bigger problems than running back. And, uh, I just – I don't know. I just have a really hard time seeing them draft a running back when they just they just have so many other problems. I think I think they would love to get an offensive lineman here. That's really what they – that's really what they need the most. Um, it's a little bit tough because at this stage, I think you're probably reaching a little bit on some guys. There's still, there's still one guy in particular that I'm pretty high on that I think I'm going to pick here. But I, I just have to say, I, I just do not believe that they're going to take a running back. I know Najee Harris is really talented and they need a running back, but I just, I don't know how you pick a running back at this stage when you have big Ben on that roster and you have the offensive line that you have, the running back's not going to help your offensive line. It's not going to help big Ben. And the only way you can try and make it work this next season is if you can protect big Ben. So I think you have to go offensive line here. So I'm actually going to go with uh, Liam Eichenberg the offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. I'm higher on him than consensus. Uh, just another really super solid offensive tackle. I think he's a guy that fits the Steelers mold. He's a no mess around type of a player, just super, super solid across the board. And again, I, I think you have to build that offensive line or you're going to be in a huge trouble this next year. So uh, another team I could see wanting a quarterback, but again, just not the right time to go there. So I'm going to have him take Eichenberg from Notre Dame. Eichenberg, Eichenberg feels like to me a guy that's picked and everyone's like, oh, that's a little bit of a reach. And then he plays for a long time and it's the Steelers that pick him. Um, yeah. But like, he'll have like a 10 year career as a starting left tackle or right tackle and he'll be great. Like, he's just super, super solid. So, yeah, totally agree. And like Najee, it's like, I think honestly, I'd kind of like to see him in Pittsburgh just as like a neutral observer. Um, Cause like, it's like, I get it. Like, I, I'm not a, ever pick a running back in the first round person at this point. Like, I just don't think it really makes a lot of sense, like, value-wise. Um, that kind of, I think, speaks for itself at this point. A lot of people per, kind of subscribe to that type of thinking. Uh, but with Pittsburgh, I mean, you just watch their games, and it's like, 
okay, here goes Snell into the line for one yard. Like, here goes <laughs> yeah. James Conner for, like, the hardest three-yard run you'll ever see. Yeah. And it's like, we can't see that again while Ben is, like, limping to the finish line here. You know, like, we got to at least make one more run. So I think, like, the win now is obviously pick Najee, who we saw do all this great things in college. Uh, but I, I, I could see Pittsburgh, who's kind of a smarter team, uh, going in that direction for sure. Um, another team with a second first round pick who we have a lot this year, honestly, well, a handful of Jags. Um, they pick obviously Lawrence one. Now they're sitting here at 25. Um, as I was saying earlier, I really like where this team is offensively, at least weapons wise. But to me, this is a perfect time um, to just go, offensive line again honestly like i i just think you know me and you have been living in the trenches we understand where the games are won obviously uh in this first round like but i think jacksonville this is the perfect time to just get your tackle for the future too you just got your quarterback for the first time ever like protect him um they need help everywhere on defense don't get me wrong but I think you got to bolster the offensive line. And if the, if the line kind of pops next year, I think you could see Jacksonville as a pretty good offense. Uh, but long story short, I'm going with Jackson Carmen. I'm, I'm picking Lawrence's teammate. I think, I, think, I think he's a good player. Like, I mean, I, I, I trust the Power 5 offensive linemen more than I do non-Power 5 offensive linemen because they're seeing – I mean, obviously, they're seeing more pro-level players, but the line is so far. You listen to people that – don't listen to me. Listen to people that actually know the game. Like, they talk, and they, it's like line is the furthest gap from college to pro. It's the biggest gap from college to pro. So I think the closer you are to that, um, I, I, I kind of lean to learn on it more if you're going to play fast, um, which a lot of these guys do. So I'm ultimately going there. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm significantly lower on him, so that would be a shocker of a pick. But okay, really I, interesting. Yeah, but I, I like I like the thinking, so I, I see where you're going with that. I just to me the player there's there's honestly probably about five or six other offensive tackles I would take instead of him. But really? I, I so like what, the thinking. What, you, what are you down on him? And I, uh, I may just be missing it, honestly. No, I, I honestly, to me, I think obviously the character to, stuff I think is there, but yeah, I, I think he's gonna have to transition to guard. I just don't think he's got the feet or the length and the hands to make it work at tackle. Really, um, I, I think he's. I, I thought he was pretty athletic. I mean, he's he's sitting at around three fifty, right? But like he, I think he's decently athletic. Like I, I think he could be a left tackle in the pros. Yeah, I, I think he – I don't know. I, I think he's really raw, and uh, I, I, I don't think he's as good of an athlete as you do probably. Um, mm-hmm. So someone like a Samuel Cosme or even our boy Brady Christensen from BYU, I'm pretty high on him. I know he's got really, really short arms for a tackle, but he also is just like really great at playing tackle. And if he's not – the thing I love about Christensen is if he doesn't work out a tackle, he's going to be like an elite-level guard. So, for sure. I would prefer, and he's just a freaky athlete as well. So I'd prefer like guys like that um, that are more toolsy than than Carmen is. I I just think Carmen is stiff, really raw. Um, I think he's got a ways to go, but but I do like your thinking there and taking an offensive tackle. I I agree with that. Um, so that that would be a surprise to me. But 
you know, we have surprises like that every year in the draft. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's not going to be such a surprise to people in the know, but yeah. And we've had, we've, I mean, we've been in a lot of agreement, so, Hey, we're, we're switching it up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what people are tuned into. If they are yeah. still listening at this point into the pod, I, I, first of all, I sincerely appreciate your dedication to low expectations. Um, and also <laughs> like you've just got the deep dive on, you know, jackson carmen so that's what yeah that's what you get on this this podcast so exactly but yeah i have him i have him ranked as a fourth round uh guard so i'm i'm like way really? lower on him wow yeah. wow but, but that's so all right we're, that's we're good complete opposite scales <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i i like it though so okay so brown's at 26 so this is a super fun pick especially with all the players on the board for them right now um Honestly, like my favorite pick for them is Jalen Phillips, the edge from Miami, who I think is the best uh, defensive end player in this draft. However, he's just got horrendous red flags with his health. And uh, I, I, I know there's some like personality concerns there as, as well. But he, if you don't know, he actually already medically retired from football once already because um, of concussions. So I think the risk there is just immense. He's also had lower leg injuries and stuff like that. But he's, Super talented. Honestly, has some of like the Bosa brothers type uh, ability to him as a defensive end. So I think putting him with Clowney and Miles Garrett would just be like comically unfair if he ended up uh-huh. working out. So maybe yeah. that's worth it to a team like the Browns. But I'm actually going to go a different direction here. I'm going to go Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama. Same kind of thinking, uh, building that defensive lineup even more, trying to really solidify that for what I think is going to be a really strong push for the playoffs and even potentially the Super Bowl this year. I think shoring up that interior defensive line now that you have Clowney and Garrett on the edges, I think that would be a great pick. I also think uh, a linebacker like Awusa Koromoa or even Jameen Davis would be a really good pick here as well. But Barmore's got the upside. He's a big dude on the middle that can help plug it up. And they've had some losses on their interior defensive line this offseason, so I think he would make a lot of sense to kind of fit a need there. But uh, – I'll pass it off to you at the Ravens with their first of two uh, first round picks here at 27. All right. So the Baltimore, um, and I guess I'll just say this quickly. I guess everyone's having their yearly Lamar Jackson conversation. I can see. Um, I'm glad we're still doing that in year <laughs> four, I think, of his career. Uh, won an MVP. Uh, let me remind people. Um, Michael Vick 2.0. <laughs> Hey, you came on this podcast and said that I think not that long ago. So I it was it was just before his MVP started. I said I really think that this guy can be Michael Vick 2.0, and then he went out and won the MVP, and I it made me look really smart. So <laughs> yeah, like and and I like that, but that Barmar pick, honestly, I eyed him down for this Baltimore team too. Uh, whatever pick Baltimore makes, like I'm gonna trust them. They they really like honestly they have hit on picks for a while now they're a really good team i uh in terms of drafting team and they've been a really good team for a while now but i see them going edge here i i think you know they lost in they lost judon i think this is just kind of like a natural selection where they just go okay who's kind of the best or maybe on their board top guard i mean not guard uh t- defensive end available uh, the Jalen Phillips thing. I mean, I think that's kind of the ceiling pick that everyone kind of wants to throw out there where it's like, yeah, like if, if, if everything works out, you know, but it's just kind of hard to pull the final trigger there. 
Um, so ultimately, uh, what? Why not? I'll just do it. I'll just say. I'll just say they picked Jalen Phillips. I think Baltimore. I think if if anyone's gonna do it, right? Why? Why not a, a team and a franchise like like Baltimore? That if like if they if if it doesn't work out, like it's in a weird way, like it's okay for them in terms of, you know what I mean? Um, they're picking at the bottom of the draft, but why not? We'll just, we'll just go ahead and do it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And they have another first round pick. So like they, they can afford to kind of take a swing on a guy with the ceiling of Phillips. Um, Cause they can still get another really good player here in a couple of picks. So I, I really like them. Like you said, they, they have that need. So so I'm on the clock with the Saints, my 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 lovely, lovely Saints Your that I just team. love so much. Yeah. Um, there's actually a guy here that I would just be sick to my stomach if they drafted. And I think there's a real possibility that they would draft him. I'm not even gonna say who it is because I don't even want to put it out into the world. <laughs> um <You> but can... <laughs> I <laughs> there's actually there's actually two guys that I'm not gonna pick either of them because screw the Saints. But but I am gonna I am gonna pick a player that I do legitimately Kyle think yeah, maybe I sh- I really probably should, but uh, I I I'm gonna pick somebody for him that I legitimately think is a really good player. I I think people are too low on him. I I am legitimately higher on him. I have a solid first round grade on. It fits a need at corner, especially with the situation that they have going on there with Marshawn Lattimore. I'm gonna take Eric Stokes, the corner out of Georgia. I really really love Eric Stokes. He's actually one of my favorite targets for the Falcons at the top of the second round. Uh, but he's a bigger, longer, super athletic corner on the outside. He has really great ball production, um, really good at getting interceptions. He's just – I don't know. He reminds me a lot of A.J. Terrell, who had a really good, strong rookie season for the Falcons. And I know the Saints were high on him as well last year. So I can definitely see them. Uh, and, again, like I mentioned, with the Lattimore situation going corner. Um, so I'm going to take Eric Stokes at corner out of Georgia for the lovely, lovely Saints at 28. <laughs> There you go, uh, and hey, the, the, they got they they when the, when the Saints pick a corner, it's it's is usually like a dog, dude. Like that, like, and yeah. then that kind of fits that Georgia corner type swagger. So I think that actually, in a weird way, is like a good fit for them. Yeah, um, Stokes is good, man. He's really yeah. really good, and I, especially in that division. Like just that that division with all the wide receivers is just stupid. Like you have to have secondary players to guard those guys. So. I don't know. He makes he he makes a lot of sense. I would I would hate to see him go there because I really like him a lot. But he he makes a lot of sense for them. So yeah, I think that's honestly a good pick for them. Um, all right. Well, I guess it's time. Twenty nine. You you better what? pick this guy. You better pick the guy I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a guy I think anyone who knows me. Uh, I mean, first of all, if Elijah Moore, who I the name that keeps popping up, if he could somehow fall, please, please, please. But also a person that I would really, really love. And I can't I can't shy away from where I stand. I want a receiver on this team so badly. Do it. (laughs) Um, So, like, personally, I would take a receiver. Is Green Bay going to take a receiver? I mean, I would be blown away, shocked. I mean, blown away, shocked, like. Um, like only because no rationale, no insight, none of that, like what we've been talking the rest of this pod. 
only that they won't do it because they hate me, Mark. They won't do it. <laughs> they, they won't. They won't do it. <laughs> they will. I don't not know. I think this might be the year. I think this might be the year. I feel I have a good mojo feeling about this. So you never know. <laughs> All right, man. Rashad Bateman, come on down. You're, yes. you're part of the team now. <laughs> like in this hypothetical world, like um, you know, maybe in some eyes a reach, like not in mine like he's my receiver that i'm just kind of marking my flag in that i really like uh i know you've been there too you you think he's a stud you you know i'll I'll turn it over to you here in a second but i just think look man picking a receiver makes plenty of sense for this team i don't need to get into the reasons why i can if you want uh but at where we are in this pod i i won't do it just for the listener's sake but fit their player stud i i just i would love the pick uh they won't do it though yeah i i love rashad bateman this would be a home run pick absolutely love the fit my comp for him funny enough is stefan diggs um they're pretty much identical size bateman's actually a better athlete than diggs is but he's also just like diggs is he's an elite route runner which is my favorite skill in wide receivers He was super productive in college. Like to me, to me, he's a super safe prospect. To me, he's like almost a can't miss guy. So you get a talent like him at this stage in the draft for a team like Green Bay, who has needed another guy like that forever and ever. I would, I would be absolutely thrilled for you as a Packers fan (laughs) if this is the pick. I love him. He's actually he's one of the two guys for the Saints that I would be sick if they got. Like I By the way, Mark, now that you're mentioning being thrilled for me, can we make love for Julio happen already? Oh dear. Like what's going on? Like why don't bring it up, man. Don't bring it up. It hurts. It hurts. Like that's a deal that needs to be sent into the league already. I'm not sure what's taking so long. Look, if you want to send 29 over for Julio, maybe we can talk. I just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I offered you a first-round pick. Oh, dude, it hurts me, man. It, hurt, it hurts me. It hurts me. I, Julio's my guy, and all this talk of him getting old and us moving on, it's just too much. I can't, I can't deal with that right now, so we're going to have to move on <laughs> to, to the Bills here at 30. But we can talk about that later. Um, uh, but uh, so, 30, so the, all right. So the Bills here at 30. So this is where I'm going to take the first running back off the board. A lot of people think it's going to be Travis Etienne. I disagree. The Bills, I believe, if I remember correctly, have the running back coach on staff that recruited Najee Harris to Alabama. Mm -hmm. And Najee Harris, in an interview, specifically mentioned the Bills as a team that he really had a good time interviewing with. Now, I know that doesn't always mean anything, but I do think there's great synergy there. I think he fits the style of play that the Bills want. And he he's, he's the kind of running back that they need. They need somebody, especially at the goal line, to take some of those carries from Josh Allen to try and protect his body a bit. He's also a great receiver. So he's really like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss combined into one guy. And he's just like way better than both those players. So they get both, uh, both things of, of the running backs that they currently have there that they've been wanting to fill that role. Um, I love Najee Harris. I've loved him since last year. He was my running back one even before the season started, and that was the cool thing to do. So I, mm-hmm. I think they're going for a win-now move, and they can afford to take a luxury pick like this. So Najee Harris to the Bills at 30. Yeah, and look, man, I mean, if you haven't watched – if somehow you haven't watched Najee Harris, obviously not you, but, like, just someone listening, just go plug in, like, Najee Harris highlights. Look, 
football player pretty much <laughs> like in a weird way just like that just sums it up he absolute stud like really like I agree like in the sense that probably picking running backs in the first round not the best thing to do but also um he's a great player at the same time that's like my always the hard thing with running backs is as my team just paid one uh if you didn't know but it's just like <laughs> yes. it's like they're great players it's like yeah it's like they're li- the, the, not life geez but career expectancy uh is short and like you know might not be worth the value a, lo- a lot of it might depend on the offensive line but it's also like they're really good <laughs> and you like having them on your team so it's like you know it's hard to um kind of but like Najee's a great player I guess is my point with that so next up is is I have is uh Baltimore and so this one this might be a reach to you I'm going to be interested to see your thoughts because I, I don't see him mocked in many first rounds if I'm being honest I've tweeted about him a couple times I'm going receiver here for Baltimore at 31 uh trade with Kansas City obviously I'm taking Terrence Marshall this is another guy if Green Bay took him somehow got him i'd be happy i I like terrence marshall i think look man he's tall he's athletic he's he's played i've seen him in the slot i've seen him out i just think he is a big vertical receiver in that in look lamar like it's kind of like the hollywood thing with the speed guy it kind of really hasn't worked out in baltimore give me a big tall guy that can go up make those tough catches in this offense like I, I like Terrence Mark for Baltimore here. Yeah, I love that pick. I'm a pretty big fan of Marshall. I, I think he's got arguably the highest ceiling of any wide receiver in this class. Uh, he just it, he fits that prototypical X wide receiver mold. There are some concerns with him. I know he's got a, a prior knee injury that has been red flagged by some teams so that may cause him to slide a little bit more, but you could argue that sliding to 31 is a slide for him considering how much, how productive he was in college. He was a super highly uh, touted recruit out of high school. So he's got the pedigree. My, my biggest thing with him is I, there's just something weird about him with how he plays. He's super soft in the run game. Like as a run blocker, he's arguably one of the worst run blocking wide receivers I've ever seen. I know that doesn't matter to some people, but his effort there is just like truly it's truly embarrassing how bad he is in run block uh, support. So I, I, I don't know. He bailed, he bailed on the team during the season, right before the Alabama game. Like he dodged Alabama, which is super weird. And I understand they had a bad team this year, but I don't know. There's just some like funky vibe stuff going on with Marshall, but the talent is undeniable. Freaky, freaky player for his size at wide receiver. And that's exactly the kind of player that Baltimore needs. Like you said, so I, I'm with you. I, I could definitely see that um, being a guy that they could pick there, and I, I really like that pick for them. Yeah, I think you brought up some fair concerns. Like, th- that is weird. I, I, I'm totally with you. Like, the, the, the not showing up to the, the Bama thing, I think that does matter in, in some weird ways, especially uh, in football. And, like, but, yeah, like, he, he's a freak just, like, physically – um, and I think if Baltimore could get him, because it's like no – it's I, I just don't really see – like we've just seen it now with multiple off-seasons. Receivers are not going there. They, they've been interested in multiple. And for whatever <laughs> reason, they're, I mean, I, I think I have a decent idea of why. Like receivers, they kind of have a short time to get paid too, and they get paid based off numbers, and Baltimore runs the ball a lot. And, you know, kind of speaks for itself. But um, – as much as I love Lamar, like they're not getting him. And I think it would be a good time to get 
to get her to get a receiver and I think he he'd fit well but now we're we're to the last pick we've we've made it through we've slogged through but we've we've made it um 32 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah, so Tampa Bay, a team that I have had a crush on for a while, funny enough. Uh, and I will say, dude, them. you called the Super Bowl wrong. Like, you pretty much, like, you said, yeah, they'll beat New Orleans. Like, when New Orleans had beaten them twice, like, already that year, you know, and a lot of, no one was picking them, really, to win that game. And, like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, they're going to beat New Orleans. And they kind of really did. They just kind of dominated that game. And, obviously, we're sitting where we are. Yeah, they, they were my Super Bowl pick on your show, right? Was that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you literally called that run, not like step for step almost. Yeah, they, they just are so insanely talented on both sides of the ball. It's just like kind of unfair. Um, like to me, it's funny. I don't want to like take a ton of time here at the end and, and I'll make this pick here in a second. But to me, it's funny that like everybody seems to be trying to copy what Kansas City has done. But to me, like Kansas City is like the, the warriors of the NFL. Like they're impossible to copy. Teams should not be trying to replicate what the Chiefs have done. In my opinion, they should be trying to replicate what the Buccaneers have done. Like, they've just stacked that team, like, with so much stupid good talent on both sides of the ball. They're dominant in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They have a great quarterback. They have insane weapons around an old quarterback. Like, I absolutely love the job that the Buccaneers have done. And to me, that's a way more attainable and sustainable way to build your team. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm a huge fan of the Buccaneers. I was, I was pretty happy that they won the Super Bowl because I was super high on them all year. And then they kind of brought it together near the end and made it happen. So, so that was, I was not, fun. I was not super happy they won the Super Bowl. I'm <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but I, I, I think, I think I, there's some truth to that. I mean, they, they, I mean, in some ways though, they, they, they got a lot of these guys cause they were just bad every year. And then they got the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. it's like, so it's like some of these are just like hard to do, and it's like Tampa though they are just they're just they're just stacked. Like I, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they respond to winning the Super Bowl, but on paper they look pretty good again. Yeah, I they're they're still my favorite to win it this year. Like they they're just loaded. So, um, but yeah, interesting position for them here. Still tons of talent on the board. Some really surprising talent. Um, like Jeremiah Wusakoromoa, Quiddy Pay, um, even guys like uh, Creed Humphrey or like a Jameen Davis, a Joe Tryon, who's really come on lately as a, as a late riser. I think they could go defensive end. I think that would be the smart pick value-wise, especially with a guy like Quiddy Pay on the board. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go that way because I just recently heard this rumor that they would love to use this pick on a luxury pick, which would be a running back. And arguably the best running back in this spot or in this draft is available at this spot, which is Travis Etienne. Um, So I think they're just going to take that luxury pick at this with this opportunity here, get Travis Etienne, who's a super explosive dynamic running back had insane production at the college level. He can do everything you want. He would add a level of explosiveness to that offense, which would just make him that much more dangerous. He's a great pass catching back, which is something we know that they've been in the market for since last year. And that's uh, a type of player that Tom Brady likes to have, which is a pass catching back. And no offense to their guys there right now, but they all suck at catching the ball. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Travis Etienne would be a great fit. And again, it's a luxury pick, but it, it makes a lot of sense considering how complete they are everywhere else on the team. That's kind of like the one remaining area where they don't have just ridiculous talent stacked. 
So giving yourself a ridiculous talent at that position makes some sense here. So doing, doing the Chiefs thing, taking a quarterback at the end of the first round, Travis Etienne, to close things out for the first round. I like it, man. Hey, like I think we, I think we nailed it. I, I think we're going thirty-two for thirty-two. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we are, right? Like I, I'm a hundred percent confident that we got every single pick right, and uh, we we really are just from the future. And so if you want, if you want to win money, you know, just listen to us. <laughs> no, but I really appreciate you coming on, man. Like really, like. I'm, I'm like not many dive into it as much as you do. And I appreciate you coming on for real diving into all 32. Like uh, it was really fun to do. Like, if, is there anyone else you want to hit other takes you want to throw out there? We're sitting here about 11 o'clock our time, but you know, us, we'll, you know, we could, we could keep this going. So. No, I, I, I don't know how much more, I mean, I could talk about all these guys in this class forever and ever and every team. And I mean, I, like you said, I'm super deep into it. I, I do think a few surprises in our mock draft. Uh, Jeremiah Wusakoromoa and Quiddy Pay both falling out of the first round. Almost every consensus mock draft has them both as guaranteed lock guys in the first round. Uh, Wusakoromoa is really interesting. One of my personally, one of my favorite players in the draft. He's an undersized linebacker, hits like a hammer. Uh, played great this last season for a great program in Notre Dame. I actually have him ranked as a safety. He reminds me of like Jamal Adams. Or Buddha Baker, I actually think he's better in that kind of a safety role as a versatile slot weapon than he is a linebacker. Um, and I think that could potentially be a reason why this could actually happen on draft night where he does fall out of the first round because we've seen the NFL be really weird about these guys that are kind of tweeners between exactly. safety and linebacker. Yeah. Um, but he is he is really, really good. So maybe that doesn't happen and someone probably just takes him at some point because the value is too good. But it also wouldn't surprise me if it happened. And then Quiddy Pay. Again, a guy that like some people have as like a top ten talent. Personally, I don't see it with him. I think he plays really hard, but he's got uh, short arms. He's a little bit smaller. I know he's a freaky athlete, but at the defensive end position, you have to have that length to really succeed, or you have to be a super polished pass rusher. He's and not. He's, yeah, and he's neither a guy of those. he actually reminds me of, and I, and it's not, and he's actually turned out. I mean, he had a pretty decent year last year but and 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 quitty payment he might actually he'll probably end up picked in the first round like you were saying like most consensus have him but is Rashawn gary like i i really think in some ways he's the, he's like that type of a and i know it's both michigan guys but uh where they're really good athletes and they can they can flat out they can rush you with one move but outside of that it's like it's kind of leaves you wanting more to be desired. Like you, yeah. you think there could be more and you think like maybe you could tap into it and you are hopeful. Uh, so he'll probably end up picked somewhere in round one. But I just think ultimately, like for me, like, again, a lot of this was need. And then like, you know, like it's like where, you know, does, is he like sitting in my mind at that time? And like, and, and, and so are you a pay guy or I, I know you were really low on Gary. Or no, that's like a decent comp or. I, so my comp for Quiddy Pay is uh, actually Emmanuel Ogba. Um, so I think similar kind of thinking, like we, neither of us really believe in that upside. I, I do see why you would say uh, Rayshon Gary, because like Gary, some people think he's better suited to be a defensive end. And then other people think he's better suited as like an outside linebacker, right? So like when the Packers drafted Gary, they announced him actually as an outside linebacker. Yeah. Um, and they've kind of used him in that way. But 
like that's kind of who Gary is. He's kind of like a tweener, and that's exactly what Pay is. So I totally get where you're going with that. And I actually, I actually like Gary more as a defensive end, and I like Pay more as a stand-up outside linebacker. So yeah. it's kind of funny how that works out. But, but yeah, I, I think he's a really like high floor, low ceiling player. I don't believe in his ceiling at all. Um, he's a great run defender, but the pass rush just, I don't, I think he's really going to struggle with pass rush at the next level. I could be proven wrong. I've seen some people compare him to like Khalil Mack, which is just crazy to mm. me. I just do not see that. Um, but yeah, I, I have a second round grade on him. I actually have him behind another guy, uh, Peyton Turner from Houston, who I'm really high on. Um, and I actually have Jason Owe from Penn State above him because Owe is just so freakish with his tools and athleticism. Another guy and, that could definitely be in a, the first round, you know, like, yeah, that's the weird thing with these defensive players, though. It's just like, I think a lot of them are, are, are just like, I mean, like, I, like, I just like, just kind of like, I don't know, like, it's a and obviously it's the draft. A lot of these guys will, will hit, will, will bust, but in the defensive players, usually almost always i was going back through like the last five to eight years dude there's been like a stud and coming out like like a stud where it's like should this guy go number one or like a stud corner or like something like that and this year uh as much as we like horn as much as we like sutin and at like they're really good and i love horn honestly like but it's just like they're not it's not like Oh, you gotta take this guy in the top five, or you're making a mistake. And really, for the for recent history, uh, it's been that. And throughout this this one, it's just like defensive players. They could a lot of them could see where they fall further than they thought, and you know maybe somebody takes a, a, a stretch on one. But uh, yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But like, it's pretty no, much I... like none of the defensive players are like locks this year. I feel like where in years past, there's like this group there. It's like the elite defensive guys yes yeah this defensive class is really rough um and it's just such a great offensive talent class like across the board offensive line wide receiver is just stupid it's, this year. it's ridiculous dude. yeah like- <laughs> which is so funny because like the falcons have always needed like that elite level pass rusher right and then like the one year there's like absolutely nobody is the year they get like a top pick you know it's like you gotta be kidding me like this is ridiculous and we're probably gonna end up with a freaking tight end instead but anyways i don't want to get off on track on that but no i'm with you i i think i think some of these guys just because just because of need like they're gonna get overdrafted but i think like in a normal like a normal draft with like a normal spread of defensive talent like i truly don't think like a quitty pay would go round one i don't think a joe Tryon would go round one but like they very well could just because teams have to pick a guy and like if they if they want a guy at that position like those are the best you got so like they're gonna they're gonna be reaches but that's part of the reason why like for me i just refuse to do that like i just don't i don't grade guys higher because i want a higher graded guy at that position i just grade them and if they turn out to be lower and everybody in the class sucks and like so be it you know and so that's kind of where i'm at with my the defensive uh, group in this year's class Next year's class is going to be loaded at defense. It's going to be like the opposite of what this year is. Um, so if I was like in a front office of a team, I'd just say, look, you may have defensive needs this year, but don't force the issue. Just take best player available, even if it's on offense, like take advantage of the depth and the talent there and then look to next year to make it happen. But, uh, 
but I'm with you. And then just one other name I'll throw out there, Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from Florida. Some people think he's going to go pretty high in the first. I struggle with him. He's obviously really great after the catch, but he's a one-year wonder, um, really had a late breakout age. He struggles with uh, catching the ball, which is pretty important for a wide receiver. Um, so he's got some really interesting upside. It'd be interesting to see maybe even like a team like the Packers would maybe make some sense for him. But I'm a little bit lower on him than consensus. And I know there's some off-field stuff there as well. So he's another guy that I wouldn't shock me if he went in the first round. But to me, I'm, I'm not nearly that high on him. But uh, I don't know. I could talk about these guys for forever. But those are just some of the bigger names I thought I'd throw out there as like, Hey, these are guys that you probably normally see and you didn't hear us talk about, um, but there, there's, there's a real chance that they could really fall, fall all the way out of uh, the first round because of the reasons. So, totally agree. And, and and you know, like, I guess if one thing, it's like, and it's like really cliche to say, but it's just like teaches us year and and year out is like to just like you never know. Like, there's going to be a pick that shocks literally all of us. That's like that wasn't mocked anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and there's going to be trades, obviously, which we kind of just stayed away from that. Because then imagine this podcast then if that if we would have had trades, you know, like right, but, uh, exactly. Uh, but like, yeah, like I think we did a pretty good job of mocking the first round. My guy, like, it is a good time as always. Like. I'm trying to think if there's any more other prospects I wanted to run by you. If you don't mind, just uh, we'll get out of here on on your top ten. You said you had your board. You said, I think you you said a, a just an insane number of of people mocked. Um, so like, can you give me your top ten board overall, Mark Wallen board? Yeah. So um, it's I I normally just do a horizontal board, meaning I just rank them and stack them by position. And I don't do like a full vertical board, which is what you normally see. Um, But like NFL teams, they do horizontal boards. They don't do vertical boards. I typically just try and mimic what the AQ and the front offices do horizontal. But I can tell you just kind of off the top of my head, kind of roughly what my vertical board is. So I have Trevor Lawrence, number one. I actually have Kyle Pitts tied with Trevor Lawrence as my number two best player in this draft class. Then I have Penny Sewell as a third behind those guys. Then I have Justin Fields at four, Trey Lance at five with identical grades. But again, I give the tiebreaker to Fields because I like the ceiling better. Then our, our, our linebacker that we talked about, Micah Parsons at number six. I have Najee Harris as number seven, but that is just a grade. I wouldn't take him that high. I just, my grading, that's how he came out as a top 10 type talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would be, down. yeah, but I wouldn't draft him in the first round. I don't believe in drafting running backs in the first round. So just kind of understand where I'm coming from when I say that, um, tied with him, I have Jamar chase at number eight, number nine, Rayshon Slater, the tackle that we talked about. Then at number 10, I have Zach Wilson, number 11, I have, uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the guy that we talked about. I'm actually much, much higher on him than consensus. So I'm a big fan. Um, so he's up there. Uh, and then just a couple other guys I'll throw in. Devonta Smith, uh, he's right there with those guys as well. And then Travis Etienne, Jalen Waddle, And then actually a surprise guy that we didn't talk about, Rondell Moore, the small wide receiver out of Purdue. Mm-hmm. I think just as a raw natural talent is really, really great. So he's right up there as well. So, Yeah, man. Love it. As always, love having the combo with you. Love having you on. Um, I guess that's it, man. I guess we're going to wrap it up. 
All right, man. Well, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. And we'll, uh, we'll have to talk again sometime soon. It's always fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming on as always, man. I'll see you at the parade. All right, man. Sounds <laughs> good. Take it easy. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, really fun conversation. Probably going to um, get this out either tonight